All right, everybody, it's uh, another Cleveland Moto podcast. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, that was a effervescent out. Yes. Nice, man. Very nice. Anybody want some delirium? Delirium, yeah, please, please do. If you don't mind hooking me up, that would be wonderful. Fantastic. Oh, wow, that's bubbly. Sorry. I'll get it, more it, well, it's okay. We'll let that calm down a little bit. So episode number 290, guys, 290. Uh, we had a lot of really good feedback from people who liked our outdoor uh, ambiance of the West Park of Cleveland. So it's not a crackle cast. It's a, a, uh, a crackhead a, class. Oh, <laughs> crackhead cast. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, we're, we, we joke all the time, but we're not in a bad neighborhood. The West a Park. But this is so in the Cleveland sort of the Cleveland neighborhoods. The neighborhood that we're in is called Camps Corners or West Park. So West Park would be a little bit east of here. We're kind of on the border between Camps Corners and West Park, right? Literally right where our shop is. And this is considered to be the motorcycle center of Cleveland. We've historically had motorcycle dealerships in this part of town going back many, many years. Harley, Honda, they've all been represented here or within a mile or two of here. And even the big corporate players like Rock and Roll Harley Davidson, they're just a mile or two down the road, literally in our neighborhood. So it is an interesting thing to be here where we are. Smedley's has historically been, we talk about Smedley's all the time. Smedley's is a biker bar. There's, there's no better way to put it. And uh, just to kind of give you guys, the, now last week our podcast was on a Friday night. We're doing it on Thursday, so it shouldn't be as rowdy um today as it normally is although earlier before we set up i'm going to say it was at least 15 or 20 harleys and at least drag racing a bunch of them were drag racing yeah. like straight up drag racing so we've set the camera up pointing towards the street now because maybe we'll catch some of that loveliness right because as you said earlier the quarter mile is open the quarter mile is clearly <laughs> fucking open uh and it's it is hilarious because they're leaving that light so that light is the first light from smedley's and it's it's in the same block as smedley's and then they, if they catch that light, they got to hustle to make that light, right? Mm -hmm. So that literally puts them at like, you might as well be staging at that point. <laughs> so they, they have put on a display of power. And then across the street from us, we have Dunkin' Donuts, which they may show up in the camera shot too. Yeah, right. But we do have this gaggle of crusty old guys that just hang out at Dunkle. They hold court over there. I've been introduced to the people that hold court there. That is their hang. Yeah, they get closes and nobody kicks them out. No, no they'll there. stay there. Yep. And now, Duncan used to be open all night long. Uh, and these cats would stay there until the wee hours in the morning. That's their official hang. They put us to shame sometimes. They do. They absolutely. I've left here many times and they were still going strong <laughs> at the Duncan Donuts old white man meeting. Well, they're running the on Duncan. We're running on beer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And they're running on free coffee. The first one you got to pay for. And apparently the refills are free, I guess. Hmm. That'll keep the old men coming around. That is good. So the Tremens? Yeah. Delirium Tremens. Delirium. Mm -hmm. That's uh, also like 10% alcohol, too. 8.5. That okay. is delicious. That's very, yeah. very drinkable. Yeah, yeah. Very drinkable. Also like the yeah. bottle. Very cool. And to my left is? Dan Kropke. And Dan, I understand that you got, uh, you were running an old bike today. Yeah, At least my, I. Uh, 76 BMW. Yeah, absolutely. And then did you wake up the C, uh, the C5? The CS? What did, wait, I'm sorry. CS5. The CS5. Oh, CS5. Yeah. yeah, I started that for the first time today. Um, yeah. It started up no problem. It, you know, I mean, I had one aborted attempt. It seemed like it didn't want to go. I checked everything over yeah. again, tried it again. It started right up and ran pretty good. For Fantastic. A good. A running bike is a good thing. 
you That's mentioned you had brilliant. to sort through some fuel leaks and stuff like that. Yeah, but. there's a couple of, you know, the the clamps I used on the carburetor weren't sufficient, but uh, I'll take care of that. And so you were just using those negative spring clamps, right? Right. The ones you pinch them. Slide them on and let them go. Right. That's what the bike originally right. had on. Yep. And that's and that's what we see on so many bikes as factory clamps because they because they cost nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it is the cheapest way to hold a piece of rubber on a nipple. Right. That is it. Because there's no new, no moving parts to it. It's just cheap. And if you can manage to find yourself a decent set of those crimpers. And that's what we use here at the shop. And I, I understand it's one and done, it's not adjustable, but using those now that we've switched to those at the shop, it gives a full 360 degree equal pressure on the what you're clamping. And yeah, you're gonna be clamping them on. They're, they're, they're literally crimped on, but they work, man. Those hogs ring pliers really put a bite on it. And yeah, you gotta cut them off. But it is a really good way for when we do bikes, it's kind of an anti-tamper thing. So when we put them on a rack of carbs and we've done four of those, eh, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to get in there and jerry-rig it yourself, we're gonna know about it. It's not gonna be an, it's not gonna be any news for us that you fucked your shit up. So there'll be no pooling a fuel line off on the side of the road. No, there won't be. Yeah, you'll be cutting that shit off. So are you thinking about going to uh, a worm clamp kind of thing, or are you? Thinking yeah, I'm about not really sure. You know, I was looking at some stronger spring yeah. clamps, and I think the real problem is the shitty fuel line that I used on it. I say buy the you know better fuel line and maybe one size smaller. Yeah. Like yeah. I said before, I like fuel line that you have to stick a set of needle nose in it and stretch it out a little bit before we've you can got, get it to go on. There. In the building right here, we we carry about eight different sizes of fuel line. And it's not we don't just do the standard four sizes that everyone carries. We carry a lot of different stuff too. And then if you want to, you can go to Tigon, which is a very, very flexible. So Tigon is uh Tigon fuel lines are resistant to any kind of ethanol. And they're resistant to just about everything. And what's nice about it is it stretches. It, well, that, it that's gives you about 10%. That's interesting because I bought yeah. 10 feet of Tigon yeah. to try to use it. Yeah. And I was looking at the Tigon tubing and I'm like, well, this one says it's completely impermeable mm -hmm. to like anything. Right. So I ordered that. It's really, really stiff. It does, yeah. if you, once you flex it a little bit, it it'll just, it'll fold it over on itself. And yeah. That sounds like it's old. You know, yeah, they so do make I'm, a it's thing. It's not what you, that one. I, I've seen the Tigon you're yeah. talking about. There's some, and that's what I thought it was going to be. That super flexible, easy to work with. Yeah, right. but it is tight. Like a they, lot of times, you have to get a heat gun and kind of heat it to put it on a nipple or something. Yeah. The other uh, little tip is they make 90 degree fuel filters. So I don't know if you're running fuel filters or right. not. Yeah. But you can use a 90 degree fuel filter where at a place where it has to bend, you just put a, right. a fuel filter there to get a nice. Uh, and the way this bike angle. is set up, it's kind of strange. I need actually one straight fuel filter and one 90 degree fuel yeah, filter. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what we do at the shop all the time. We find that putting a 90 degree fuel filter in there saves us a lot of banana and it saves us a lot of fucking around uh, by just all of a sudden, yeah, you got the fuel going right where you needed to do. Because obviously with fuel line, what you want to avoid is these. You know hills and valleys because you'll get air bubbles trapped in there so yeah if you can avoid that that's, that's my great. preference when i run fuel lines i like them to be traps so mm -hmm. i like yeah. them to go down you get a and, sediment come, trap. and come up into the thing <laughs> so i've got a sediment trap and yeah. it just seems and there have been yeah. times when you look at your fuel line you're like oh look at all yeah. that shit just look at all it that off, shit i caught that's it a good ground. idea man it's a great idea it's like a sink yeah, yeah. yeah right yeah. Like a silly straw. If you, right. I, I always go for too much fuel line off the bat. Right. I waste a little. I'm yeah. like, I'll run a big thing, and if I have to curl it around and put mm -hmm. it on, and then let it, you know, yeah. like, let it hey. sag. It's fine. Yeah, if you've got a good solid fuel supply, it shouldn't be an issue. 
The only time that's a problem is when you've got an interrupted fuel supply or a, well, and then or a Vespa. Yeah, or a Vespa. <laughs> well, and that, I guess we should bring that up because yeah, with Vespa owners, if you've got a P series scooter, you're allowed to have 21 inches of fuel line, not 19, not 24. Um, if you have more than 21 inches of fuel line, you will get a fuel flow problem to your carburetor. Really? Yeah. So when you see guys that are putting it in um, at the shop on our pegboard, we had actually I had drawn out the length of fuel line, you know, drawn it out as fuel line mm -hmm. just so you could take it off the, off the roll and just cut it right at that spot. And so you always had the right length of fuel line. Is that just because the vacuum of the carb wasn't enough? There's what, vacuum? Or, well, not mm, vacuum, but like... Or. It is literally a 24 millimeter orifice with air passing through it. Oh, that's... Yeah. yeah. The and problem is... virtually no gravity. With the Vespa, the, the carburetor is sitting on top of the motor. Yeah. Mm. And the tank is sitting down Next underneath the Next to the, the carburetor. Seat. So they're literally if you look at the bottom of the tank in that carburetor they're almost there's yeah. almost no oh, no flow you know maybe with a full tank you have some head rate but once you get down it's just like and so that fuel line can't if you have too long it goes up it has to be just oh, yeah it That's has exactly to curve right. right around and come right into that carb and, and have just the right slope so it mm -hmm. that makes sense it makes sense right. yeah and it, it is one of those things that you have to have the exact right length because you, as we all say like oh i'll put an extra four inches of line in there mm -hmm. so if i have to cut some off and use it like as a roadside repair now this is well, one time you can't do it something i noticed on this yamaha is that the where the fuel filters are, the lines are filling with fuel below the filter, but not above the filter. Yeah, yeah. and that's and that's that whole liquid seeking its own level kind of thing. And I've had a lot of bikes where in a situation where I've had to tap the air bubbles out just because there wasn't enough head pressure to bypass that and move those air bubbles along. And unfortunately, when I do that, it breaks the seal and lets some more air in. God damn it. <laughs> oh, you're fighting. Yeah, that that, that sucks. The uh, So that that is one of those things that it is... Uh, your fuel lines can absolutely be an issue. So, uh, so Daniel, and to his left, Johnny Mac. Thank you for uh, showing up today. And I mean, we are four today. There's four of us. A quartet. A quartet. Yeah. yeah. So our other podcasters all have obligations. They all have things going on. I didn't ride anything today. I, I was, you know, I had all these big plans at work. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go home and I'm going to try to go and. Well, the Superhawk needs a battery put in it. Maybe I should do that. And then I even had a discussion with them. I'm like, well, should I go get the Superhawk? Should I go do this? Should I get the Ascot? And then I'm looking at the time and I'm looking at what it would take me to get a bike out to go, you know, drive two blocks to grandma's house, <laughs> get the bike out, get it up and running, and then ride four blocks to the shop. And well, yeah, I drove. You drove. <laughs> it was it was the time. And I was able to bring my six pack of beer and everything yeah. else. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And, and that's fine. Yeah. I did we get a new Honda this week, though. So what did you get? You got a Honda. I got the... Uh, what color is it? I got... It's red and silver. Red and silver. And you've been yeah, looking those, for oh, you got an RC. Wow. No, I got an HR. An HR. Honda Racing. No, Honda Racing 214. Honda Racing 214. Is yeah. that the six-cylinder? Single-cylinder. Oh, it's a single-cylinder. Single-cylinder, 214. Two-valves? Off-road? It's a two-valve. Two-valve? Overhead cam. Oh, Overhead right, valve. Off-road? Yeah. Off-road only. Okay. Off-road only. So not, not for street use at all. Yep. Okay. Um, All right. It's going to need a new tire. Does it need? Does it, it's the kind of thing you could have without a title, right? No title. No yeah, title. It's strictly off road. Okay. All right. It's not a bagger. Well, no, it it's could not be a bagger. a bagger. I don't have a bagger. You don't have the bagger option. I don't have the bagger. You don't have the bagger <laughs> option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And kickstart? No. Pull. A recoil. recoil start. Yeah, it's a recoil start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a recoil. It's yeah. solid recoil start. Yeah, that's that's good. It's good. Yeah, that's great. Runs like a top. Yeah, of course it does. And where, yeah. where did you get it? 
Uh, dude was throwing it out. It was on the tree line. Is it a 20-inch cut? 21. 21. Extra inch. The extra inch. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Self-propelled. Oh, is this self-propelled? Oh, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Where? That's fancy. I didn't, I didn't see it on the deck. Is it underneath the deck yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. You just hit the thing. It also has the, the you know, so this is the Honda, so it's yeah. super safe and everything. It's got the uh, the blade clutch. So this is a mower if you haven't figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, you know, one of my lifelong dreams is to get a Honda mower. Right. So I you, finally, you have but been, I won't buy one. You've been pining for a Honda mower for a long time. Yeah, I've been through 20 different curb pick mowers in yeah. my life. You know, they come and go, but. Finally, I driving along and look on the tree lawn. I'm like, motherfucker, somebody's throwing out a Honda. <laughs> and I have the feeling it was the renter throwing out like the house Honda or whatever. You know, right. I'm like, I don't know. But I pulled over and the guy was coming out of the house. I'm like, is are you throwing that out? Yeah, yeah. You want to take it? I'm like, okay. He's like, can I help you load it? I'm like, no, I got this. I'm yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. No problem, man. I'm not going to give you any chance to change your mind. But I took it home and uh, dumped the gas out of it, put some fresh gas in it. Ramp started two pools, started right up. Nice. Let it run for a while. It was a little sloggy, but then it, it started. Right. I might have to clean the car, but I mowed my yard with it once already. Good. You know, I, I I'm usually not a person that believes in spray fixes. Mm -hmm. The blaster makes a small engine repair, mm -hmm. and it's really good at cleaning carbs out. Like if you just I have some the, of that stuff. It's the green label yeah, stuff. It's yeah. uh, so it's blaster small engine repair yeah, yeah. and like, blaster, i'm right. always suspicious of anything that says repair well they that call comes it in that. a can they call it yeah. that but i mean like mechanic it, in a can it will it like if you have a little bit of yeah. if your bike's been in the garage right. for five years with old gas it's not going to help right. you if it's one season old and it has a bit of varnish on it it Hollywood. seems to clear yeah. it pretty well out but, now believe me you won't have a mosquito for 13 years after you use this oh stuff. yeah because it's like you spray it into the carb and it's just plumes Ooh. of white death smoke. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, That's good. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I did give it a couple blasts of carb printer. Just I took the air cleaner yeah. off and mm. then hit oh, it yeah. like that, let it soak in a little bit and everything. That's what I initially started it. The guy said yeah. it wouldn't start. I'm like, this will start. This will start. Yeah. And I wanted to find out a lot of you know, a lot of times the death knell for some of those mowers is they hit a stump and it bent the crankshaft right. and exactly. it'll run and it's like yeah. it's a vibratory mixer. But uh no, it ran and fired up really good and everything. I even had Piper started. She's like, oh, wow, that started up a lot faster. Starts real easy, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah Absolutely. Yeah. You, you can start mowing. <laughs> years, I mean, years ago, uh, Merritt's dad had bought us as a gift uh, some landscaping. Like, guys come out and mow the lawn, right? I was like, oh, this is great. And so they bought us the landscaping, and I had two mowers. I had, like, a regular MTD kind of mower, and then I had a Honda mower that I, you know, through the use of strategic trading and it was the same it was push only no self-propulsion but silver and red honda mower aluminum this has the aluminum, aluminum deck, deck right? chrome handle chrome cover yeah. on the exhaust like oh, very it's the one i wanted the sx214 yeah. i i was really really excited about having a honda mower and mowed my own lawn with it for several years and then we got that landscaping thing and i was like oh this is great i don't have to fuck around and i'm going down my street and i see this young couple that moved into one of the houses on my street and they're out there with the world's worst real mower. Like, you know, a real proper real mower. And it's just, you can tell it's just kicking 100% of this Saving guy's the environment ass. environment in the hard way. Yeah. So I told the guy, I was like, look, tell you what you want to do. Go in my shed. In my shed, there's two lawn mowers. There's a silver mower and there's a red mower. The red mower is an MTD. Starts first pull every single time. You can have it. It's yours. You own it now. It's your mower. I got the Honda now. I'm not using the MTD. It's yours. Take it. 
He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's free mower. Just let yourself into my shed, take it. Neighborhood's fine, right? So I assume that all happened. So I don't even think about it. I don't have to go in my shed anymore. We got people that show up and mow the lawn. I'm so bougie, it's ridiculous. And we don't think anything of it. And then that all peters out after a couple of months. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to mow my own lawn again. I go out to the shed, open it up. And there's the fucking MTD sitting there. <laughs> the son of a bitch took he my Honda. He cherry picked the Honda? He cherry picked the Honda. And then he had the balls to move. So the Honda oh, went with him. Oh, I was going to say, I'd march right over that fucker's oh, house. I'd, I'd tear his garage door down. Yeah. But yeah, he, he took my Honda and he fucked off. So I was like, apparently he opened he's like. the door and saw MTD, Honda. And he took the Honda. Yep. You Dick. got it. So I lost my Honda. Still got the MTD, though, and it does still run like a fucking champion. Oh, I've got so. quite the collection. I've got a Toro commercial oh, yeah. with a little bag. Oh, yeah. And to your left. Uh, Steve Sleepy. Steve! Uh, my uh, my grandfather lived with me when I was growing up. Yeah. He was, like, old. He was born in 1904, died, whatever, but like, he was old. And uh, he used to babysit me when I was, like, eight and seven when my mom and dad would go somewhere. Yeah. So we had a broken mower. And so his thing was he took the motor off yeah. and he would set me on it with a pair of scissors to put down through the hole and he would push oh, he would push me around. Go, like, I know he was just fucking around, yeah, but it was being still silly. Yeah, yeah he's being was, silly. I, I remember that very vividly. Like it was oh kind of a cool God. thing. Yeah. I, <laughs> I remember years ago we saw we watched our neighbor on the one side try to cut his yard with the weed whacker. Like he couldn't get the mower started. He just tried and tried and tried. He gave up on it. And he went out and cut the yard in the weird, with the weed whacker. And I went over and I was like, God damn it. Pulled the spark plug out of the mower, cleaned the spark plug, cleaned the carb real quick, threw it back together. First pull. He's like, you didn't, you didn't have to do that. It's like, yeah, I had to do that. <laughs> I had to do that. I could not watch you. And you know, I mean, he probably went through 97 feet of line. Right. Just, you know, every 10 and seconds. what did the yard look like afterwards? Oh, it looked like my haircut. It was a fucking train wreck, man. It was a mess. So, yeah, hot mess. Well, that's, I fix everybody's stuff on my block, and right. it's like, the neighbor's like, hey, can you get my water out? Like, yeah, sure, sure, no problem. Yeah. Bring it on. You keep this yard really nice. And I'm well, like, I'm did you hit anything with it? Probably just need to, like, attach a wheel to the back of the weed whacker so it stays at a certain level, right. and you can just go if along. If only it had, like, a deck and, like, four wheels that were adjustable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, then it would be. Well, they make, they have. Uh, Bruce has one of those. It's a big weed whacker with metal lines on it. It's a lawnmower, like a regular lawnmower yeah. with a head, right? Yeah. And it's like a brush hog. I mean, yeah. they, they make them. Yeah, but yeah. You know. I've seen the DR mower advertisements on television. Yeah, goes anywhere, mows anything. No, oh, it man. doesn't so much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. God, man. I was fixing so. my neighbors. I'm like, did you hit anything with it? Nope, nope, didn't hit anything with it. Yeah. So I take it over. I pull the plug out. Nothing. I shoot a little ether in it. Put the plug back in. Give it one pull. A boom! Pulls it right out of my hand. I'm like, motherfucker, you're lying. You, you are lying. The, you spun those flywheel yeah. on this. And yeah. it's like, yeah. I'm like, I'll give it another go. And sure enough, I gave it another go and it started. He's like, I took it back to him. I'm like, does it always fucking do that? He's like, yeah, it's been doing that for a long time. I'm wow. like, you know your key was broken. Yeah, and your, your Woodruff key. Yeah. I'm so like, oh, in whatever. every motor in the world, there's a crankshaft. And then where it interfaces with the flywheel, which usually has the electrical components in what tell the motor when to spark and how to generate electricity and everything. Well, there's a fly, there's a woodruff key. And a woodruff key is basically a nickel cut into like four pieces. And so it's a nickel cut into four pieces. And the woodruff key is there to keep everything lined up. Pro tip for you. The woodruff key doesn't actually hold anything. It's just for location. The taper holds everything. Mm -hmm. So if your taper has been smeared or 
you know, welded on or rusty, you're, you're gone. You're done. Game over. Mm -hmm. So before you do anything, take light sandpaper to the taper, clean it up, put anything you want resembling a woodruff key in there. If you don't have the nickel to buy a woodruff key, because they have them everywhere. When you drop the flywheel on, it will magnetically want to go to like certain a certain indexing spot. So make sure you've got everything lined up really well when you drop it on and then test it before you tighten the fuck out of the bolt on the end of the crank. Because that that thing is just like begging to break. And if you're if you're not tightened down, if you're not socked down, having tons of force on those the taper and the flywheel, then it's a compression fit. It's a compression fit. The Woodruff key doesn't hold shit. The Woodruff key does not have a torque rating. And once it starts to go, that Woodruff key will smear the shit out of your crank. And your crank will end up with a big old gouge out of it. And then forget ever having that lined up ever again. So, yeah, it's an important thing to definitely have the clean interface between the crank taper. Well, the Hail Mary the flywheel. is you take it back off, you clean it up as much as you can, then you put a little piece of sandpaper around that. Yeah and put it back on spin it and the grit yeah. from the sandpapers yeah. crunches into the crunches taper in. and into the thing and that'll hold it and that while. will fucking hold it it is it we've seen more failures where people have put the flywheel onto a bike and they've just either not meat hogged it on you know the trick is read the manual if it says you need 32 foot pounds of torque you need 32 foot pounds mm -hmm. of torque if it's not holding at 32 foot-pounds of torque, you've got a bad taper. The taper's smeared or the Woodruff key's smeared. Something's not lining up right. So, and when, yeah. you're, when you're taking that flywheel off, it's not okay to hit the end of the crankshaft with a, a ball-peen hammer. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Yeah, and that's <laughs> the other thing, too. If you, do not, if you have a flywheel on any motorcycle and you need to remove that flywheel and you don't have the flywheel puller, I fucking hate you because... Flywheel pullers are not expensive, and they make flywheel pullers for every bike and every configuration. You can order one and right. have it the next couple of days exactly. on Amazon or anywhere but else. But if you don't have one, and you attack this thing with like 14 long-handled screwdrivers and a three-jaw pulley and all this other, you know, a harmonic balancer puller and a steering wheel remover and all this different crap, all you're going to do is knock shit to fuck. I mean... I've seen more damage done with one of those Harbor Freight three-jaw pullers. He says, like, oh, I got a three-jaw puller. I can do anything. No, all you can do is fuck shit up with that. Like, yeah, they're great for pulling off literally a wheel on the end of a V8 motor. Um, that's It'll pull that off fine, but it will not pull a flywheel off of a motorcycle. If you do have to tap on the crank a little bit for some reason, yeah. I, I'll do it with mowers and stuff, but yeah. put the nut on there. Right. And the hit the nut. Yeah, so that exactly. protects the threads. Right. Yeah, protecting the threads on the end of a crank. We had a dude today. We got we got time for the Harley. Yeah. And Harley, what Harley? Ape hangers. I like having the uh, the LED lights yeah. up on the top of the ape hangers. That's kind of cool. That was all right. Yeah, yeah, your your plow aircraft. lights. Yeah, those, those are the plow, those are the plow lights. <laughs> plow lights, exactly. <laughs> like you know, like the mantis light eyes on my old plow. You can see where you're going. Yeah. That's cool. The, uh, but yeah, the, we've seen that shit and we've seen people hammer flywheels off, like get a screwdriver in like a wedge and just hammer it. <laughs> Hammering on a magnetic device yeah. is never a good idea. Well, you I can guess. shock the magnets right out. My most epic flywheel thing happened last winter, helping my buddy with his snowmobile. snowmobile. 
and that was cutting the flywheel off was a lot of oh fun. Oh my god! I mean, we tried everything, right. every level of force. Couldn't get this to flywheel off. Just smash it away. Like there, this was destroyed pullers, destroyed right. everything. This was not coming off. This flywheel was not coming and off. It, and, and it was like, well, took uh, made a little triangle with my die grinder. Got the got the thing off till you yeah. just had this. Yeah. And then just took the grinder and went down the one side until you got just in a crank until. And so you just got to the threads. It, yeah, and like then, got oh to the tape, like God. literally ground yeah. away. To the taper. To the taper. Holy and, and Once shit. you got it all the way there, and then boom, it came off. You that know? thing did not want to come off. Well, we got it off. We put another, ordered a new one and put it on. We've had a couple of bikes come in with flywheels welded on. I mean, we've seen it. A guy will get frustrated and or he'll, what usually happens is a guy will put a flywheel on and he won't have it leveled out just right. He won't have it lined up just right. And so he'll put the nut on and he'll be like, <laughs> and then and you're yeah. like, oh you dipshit because yeah you can spin one of those things at like 40 foot pounds of torque mm -hmm. and once you do it's gone and ain't never coming back pal well the remember that's your fucking crankshaft so guess where the crankshaft is in the middle of all the bad stuff yeah, yeah. it's the center of your motor there is no quick rapid crankshaft replacement in our motors. I got a little bit lucky, like you you dummy the threads on the end of a yeah. crank and you might be able to get a, a good set of dies and yeah. put a new thread on oh, it, yeah. another bolt nut and everything, yeah. but brr. That is truly lucky. Yeah. But I've seen more than my fair share of ones that were welded on. And usually when I see that at the end of a motor and I'm like, yeah, dude, no. Get your shit out because now you got to grind all that off to even yeah. get it apart you know well you're not, you're not getting the crank out without getting, you're not getting the crank out without yeah exactly you're gonna have to grind everything off you're gonna cut everything off it's gonna be a 14-hour job uh speaking of 14-hour jobs <laughs> okay guys listen to unky phil i'm gonna give you some really really good information right now every motorcycle dealership in america is slammed to the fucking gills right now we are all overloaded we have turned away probably 25 bikes this week. It's you, a bike NATO. It is a bike NATO. You could set yourself up right now if you're a halfway decent motorcycle mechanic hack. You could say, oh, this guy's going to pull in like we're fucking open. Oh, my open side's still on. Hold on. I'm going to go shut that off. All right. So Phil's going to shut the open sign off. And uh, this guy's continuing to pull in. John, I think he's going to ask a question here oh. to you. I think somebody does. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh. So anyway, but it is shark. It is bike NATO, and I, one of the things that Phil was talking about is his sales are up by like 300 percent over last year. So it's all hands on deck to get bikes in, get them prepped, and it's just been ridiculous. It's been incredible. It's been insane. And then the service department has been um, because of the coronavirus. And people going, well, I can't go to vacation. I can't go to Vegas. I can't do all the things I want to do. I'm going to buy a motorcycle. And guys go to motorcycle dealerships and they realize that I've been, I, I just, for, this, for the sake of it, I checked our local Honda guy. They have got very few bikes on the mm -hmm. floor. Forget it if you want a Grom. There are no Groms. You cannot have a Grom. The you situation can, is very grim for getting a grom. It's grim for groms. But yeah. this also applies. My mom's refrigerator broke. Yeah. And we went refrigerator shopping. 
nobody has appliances in stock really either because all the all the places that make them are in china and they've been closed for four for months 60 days yeah, yeah peggy days. ordered we ordered a water uh refrigerator and a dishwasher right and it took a month and a half and yeah. now there's holy shit so right. it's everything right it's everything and if, if you're selling a used anything right it's fucking insane yeah i sold a four-wheeler this weekend i had 29 messages in 12 hours and four of them where I have cash, I will pick it up tomorrow. And a guy finally offered me $100 over what I was asking. Over what you were asking yeah. to get the bike. To get yeah. the bike. Wow, man. And he showed up and it's gone. I mean, it was yeah. it was insane. And so that's the market. Like, that's the volatility of the market right now. Uh, if you wanted to start up, if you were one half of a motorcycle mechanic, <laughs> you can go to your local shop and tell your local shop, I'm one half of a motorcycle mechanic. I will take... Give my number, give my name and number to anybody you refuse mm -hmm. and then let them come to me and then I can refuse them again if I feel like I'm in over my head. Right. Because we are turning away easily 50% of the bikes that come in. Wow. There's just, and the vast majority of stuff is like we talked about last week. It's, I'm selling my bike. And if you look across the street in the back of my truck, there's an orange buddy back there. Mm -hmm. There's an orange buddy in the back of that truck that has 900 miles on it, but it is literally being sold by party A, being purchased by party B. I went and picked it up. It's here now. And party B has agreed to pay whatever it will cost to get it running after they gave party A a certain undisclosed amount of money. Well, dude, that is like, that's crazy. I mean, that's insane. If you get, into, if you get yourself into that kind of a deal, I don't know who you're you're literally trusting us to be inc incredibly honest with this job, because if I come back and tell you that it's got a cr you know bent crank in it, which, you know, we've seen three bl blown up buddy motors this month. So because there's no oil in them, you know, it's not like the buddy decided to die. It's somebody murdered it. But in this case, yeah, if I call you and be like, yeah, I don't know what you paid for this, but it needs twelve hundred dollars worth of work. I yeah. think I think there's something to be said about used buddies too. Being careful about buying them and making sure check you, that out. You know wow. you know a little something about it. Seventy six Cadillac yeah. with the whatever's going on. Yeah, but, um, one hundred and ninety five horsepower. <laughs> I think that that I think a few ponies have escaped in that one. Oh, yeah. I think that might be about forty seven horsepower. Yeah. yeah. But buddies tend to be a lot of people's first scooters, and yeah. just like you're saying, they don't do jack shit to nah. them. They just drive them until they don't drive anymore. Right. You know. Yeah. And so. Well, they it said sounds it was like a great, there's a bunch of pennies bike. in the bottom of my motor. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, <laughs> they said it was a reliable bike. They said I could ride it all I wanted to. Yeah. And like that lady that was here last week, 7,900 miles in six years, no oil changes. Dude, I just had my friend, This I'm not going to say his name, but a yeah. buddy of mine, he owns a restaurant in Cleveland Heights. Yeah. And uh, he has a buddy and he brought it over and he said, hey, can you change the belt for me? And I'm like, yeah, I probably can if you get the parts, whatever. Yeah. So he brings it. It's making all kinds of noise. I'm like, when did you change the oil? He goes... They take oil. <laughs> he goes, I just put gas in it. It has 10,650 miles on it. On the oil that came from the factory. <laughs> Probably. Oh, ouch. Well, there you go, man. And he rides two up all the time, too, yeah. with his wife. And, buddy, and I mean, small motors do consume oil if you drive them fast. So yeah, yeah. that's just part of look. That's part of life, I guess. Wow. They At 10,000 RPMs, you're vaporizing some oil. Yeah, you're you know, it just small. happens. Uh, we have uh, Scott, Scott Schaefer from our Patreon listeners. Uh, he asks us a question. He says, uh, 
He's from Canada. He said, I'll jump in my canoe with a beaver pelt and some maple syrup and paddle across Lake Erie. See you soon, I think. Uh, Thanks for the best motorcycle podcast out there. Oh, by the way, what tires is Sleepy running on his Super T? I ordered a 2020 Super T pre-COVID and I got it mid-April. I've managed to put 5,500 kilometers on it uh, or in red, white, and blue speak, 3,400 miles. Uh, So yeah, 3,400 miles on his bike he just got in April. That's great. And he wants to know, what kind of tires do you like? Tractionator GPS right now. Yeah. Um, they're really good. Uh, guys are getting 10,000 miles out of them. They handle well. I rode at the 555 triple nickel on them. I have I mean, everywhere I've been off road, uh, me and Dan went down the fire roads and stuff. Oh, did you just... Uh, I just did that. You just beard your computer. <laughs> I just beard my computer. It needed it. It was dry. I, I saw the way it was looking at me. <laughs> Hurry up, run down to Mark's and get a bag of rice. <laughs> it's still on. That's a, a good sign. Bag. It's still on. Yeah, Keep it plug it in. Don't cool. Right, exactly. Yeah. The fan will dry itself but, out. Right. But, but here's the thing I've kind of come to realize with these tires. You have to be realistic on what you're going to be riding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so, the whole thing. I mean, fortunately, the traction meters are pretty good. They're a 60-40, 60 right. road, 40% off-road. Or if you wanted to, you can flip the back and it become 50-50. But if you're really going to be mostly riding road, yeah, don't be cool. Just get a set of road Just tires. Get a set of road yeah, tires. Yeah, whatever. Right. Like, There's absolutely no reason that I can think of when I'm, when I'm literally putting tires on a bike for a customer, yeah. you know that for most of the street bikes, I tend to be like, oh yeah, TKC80s, of course. Yeah, yeah. What are you, yes, TKC80s, more TKC80s. Mm-hmm. They're fun. I mean, they, they work great on tires. street bikes and they, they work great. Continentals are good tires. They'll, you'll eat them though quick if you're just riding on the road. Um, Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's not uncommon to see 5,000 miles out of those, right. which is... No, that's fine. You know, which is fine. And they but handle great on fire roads and dirt. And I mean, it you know, is. They're, yeah, they're good. They do work really, really well. But when it does come down to like, you're going to have an adventure bike. Most of the bikes we work on in here. Yeah. They see 99.5% tarmac. Right. And then 0.5% something other than that. Right. And yeah, you could probably get away with using a... Like, a lot yeah. of them use, a, I forget who makes them, but like a trail wing or some yeah, kind of a wings, wing yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And those are like a 90 10. Yeah. And somebody, weren't they calling those death wings death at wings. one point? Yeah. yeah, the death wing. Uh, because it's OEM for a lot of bikes. Like yeah. KLR 650 has death wings on it. A few different bikes do that. And I've I've been through a few sets of them and they're, they're kind of. Eh, but know. tires are getting out to the point, like if you go on forums and stuff, it's yeah. almost like oil discussions. It is. Because right? guys a, have so many opinions about It's a discussion I hate to get involved in. I know, in it is. It's because, really hard. And then sometimes a new player will come along like Mitas or somebody. Yeah. And then like everybody's like for like, for for a month, everybody's like, oh, you're Mitas. You just got to get Mitas. Or the Heine, what are the Heine? The Heine's. Heine's. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's just like somebody at the marketing department from now just decided that for this month, everybody's got to get hide nows. Yep. And if you don't have hide nows, well, then you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, you're but, just not in the game right. Yeah, and that's kind of been our experience here is we, yeah, we're not a big ADV shop, but we do see probably 20% of our bikes are ADV bikes. They're popular around and they're here. They're very popular around yeah. here. And people do love the ADV stuff, but I don't think, we were just talking about it with the KLR that I got rid of. Yes, having like the the Husky you gave me had Shinko on the back, mm-hmm. right? On the front too. On the front, right? There goes the, that C5. That is a big bloke on a C5. Yeah, he's had that C5 for a number of years. Took the rear fenders off and stuff like that. He's got no lights on it right now either. 
Oh, you're right. He doesn't. He's got, he's got no, a maybe headlight. a headlight. Oh, yeah, a headlight. Yeah, he's got no. He's just got a headlight. That's it's it. definitely sporterized. Oh, it's yeah. It's had all the metal taken off of oh, it. Oh, best thing. Yeah. So I'll get into this later, but I have a new bike coming. But I was looking, and I happened to put the name of the bike and then cafe because I was looking maybe for a cafe fairing. Okay, yeah. But in eBay, the first thing that comes up when you put cafe in is brown seats, brown handles, <laughs> and then they have pre-made bent uh, <laughs> seven-eighth inch rings so you can cut the back of your bike off and just weld the. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, so when you put cafe in, it's brown seats, brown handles, and tail and then loops. A, then a, literally a seat loop <laughs> yeah. so you can take off the back of your motorcycle right. and cut it off. I'll be right back in a second. <laughs> so, uh, maybe we'll take care of this. No problem. Continue the but, yeah, I thought it was great. I was like, wow, really? Yeah. So, like, that's the first thing that comes up. So now the hipsters don't even have to bend their own little things. You can put in CB350, and they have a whole shit ton of, like, weld-in tail loops well, one of the bikes i'd like to sell is uh i have a 72 cl 350 uh i have right now it has the low pipes on it but they're wrapped in um they're wrapped low pipes with some aftermarket mufflers that i put on that are kind of incredibly loud but sound good mm -hmm. it ran and everything i took it down the mid ohio a year or two ago you know and i got it running it was running good on the left carb the right carb's still fucking up a little bit but I was able to get it running and ripped it around, did a smoky burnout and shit like that. The kids across the street were ha having a good time. They're like, oh, that was the best burnout of the whole weekend, you know? <laughs> and that was on the dirt road. I was just sitting there. Wah, 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 wah. Just, just got hot enough, it burned it up. Oh, I looked at the tire on it. It's just, it's like got grooves in it from the That's rocks right. and stuff that were it embedded in the dirt road. But that bike, that's just the gold and black one and everything yeah. pretty decent. I've got... You can have either the black scrambler side panels that I have paint, I painted up for it, or I have another set of the gold. You could go CB350 or CL350. I have both what? sets of pipes. You know, I'm looking, if I could get like yeah, a grand out of that, I'd be happy. It's titled in my name. It's, Dude, there's going to be not, a lot of people asking about that. It's not far from being a roadworthy bike. And I'll throw in a shitty set of, uh, what are those, trials tires or something? I had a set for that. It does have the handlebars. It has the, you know, the cross member on the handlebar so it's oh, yeah. good to, you know fuck, that thing's been sitting on my lip for like two years i'm like it just needs to go i mean i don't i have a super hawk i'm probably i don't need too hot to, you know it yeah. just it doesn't feel a niche in my collection that i really need to have which one you're asking i have a cl350 oh a cl yeah, yeah. gold black kind of look like it's honey like honey, uh, honey yeah yeah that i've had forever and i just it's there i've rebuilt yeah. the carbs like twice because I rebuilt the carbs, and then I had to push it outside, and then it rained with no air filters oh, on it. Oh, shit. Filled the carbs up with water, and I let oh, it no. sit, and then I brought it back in, and I tried to get it started, and I'm like, oh, this ain't no good. Take them apart, and I'm like, oh, they're all fucked. Yeah. Cleaned them again, got it run. You know, like, it's just been, like, this close so many times. That's the one that I had the motor out. Exactly, put, You yeah. know, it's like, it's so close, but I just you never have, you know, just haven't had that day in my life where I could just spend a whole day and finish things. He's got the LEDs. Yep. The long pipes, white wall tires. Yeah. Nice. He's the Ascot's that. on the chopping block, too, That's though. a Yamaha, Man. by the way. That's not a that's not a Harley Davidson. Right. He did have the telltale Yamaha taillight. Yep. Well, speaking of Yamahas, I have a story that will lead to something that I'm going to ask you a question, and then okay. this might help other people, too. I like the sound of that. So, speaking of Yamaha, so I found, so I sold my four-wheeler, yeah. and the deal with my wife is as long as I put a few bucks from whatever I, my toys I sell into the bills, mm -hmm. I can use the rest of my bucks to retoy. Right. right. Okay. Fair enough. So, so I I had found my uh, V Star eleven hundred. I like to refer to that as buying the next investment. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, right. That's exactly yeah. what I was doing. 
But um, I found through a friend, a guy said, hey, your old V-Star 1100 for sale. It's got just 10,000 miles on it. looks exactly- Steve, you want to talk into the mic? I am talking. <laughs> but I will, thank you. But, um, you know, it's so like, I was like, all right. Uh, they're like, it looks like the day you sold it to the okay. guy. And so I was like, you know, my daughter's getting to the point. That might be kind of a, a low bike that she could put her feet on and ride with me. And I was like, yeah, okay. Okay. So Does it have thing, a little sissy bar on the back? Or yeah, something? a little yeah. sissy bar and all that. And the, and the pegs are pretty high. Mm -hmm. um, so I called the guy. He's like, yeah, 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 sounds great. Or, yeah, I'll call you too. Let me know if the quad saw. Okay, cool. And then he ghosted me and he won't call back okay. and do anything. Yeah. But everything happens for a reason. So then through Adventure Rider, um, I was talking to some guys and stuff like that. And I met a guy who collects Suzuki GSs. And he has, I mean, they're just ridiculously nice and everything. And he, and he had another one, an 8850G that he was going to sell. And then the price was literally Chinese scooter money. Yeah. And I mean, the that's thing, about what they should be. I mean, but, I mean, yeah. this dude, he replaced the brakes, the tires, the, the carbs are clean, brand new brake lines, brand new everything. Well, the carbs aren't clean. They're orange. Well, they're painted orange, yeah. But the rest of it's perfect. I mean, right? right. It's a strange fashion choice. It was. It wasn't his. It was the... The, he got it from the original owner who was 86. Oh, well, that happens. That happens. Old so men he does old that. men like to paint things. Yeah. So, yeah. It's high-vis orange, too. High-vis like, orange. So if it you is. take it hunting, but it matches, your cars it, won't get but, shot. You know why he did it? I realized why, why he did, he did that. Here we go. It matches the, the G in GS850. Oh, so he was tying G. into a little orange trim. A little is, orange trim. Yeah. Happened to be his four carburetors. That's what he, that's what oh, he decided boy. to do. But yeah. I'm fine with that. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll hey, get to that. Hey, if eventually. it runs like a rape Dave, I don't care what color yeah, right, they are. Right, right. And that's the thing. The guy, this guy's a good motor, too. Yeah. The guy's meticulous. It's shaft drive. It's got the world's yeah. most comfortable seat, apparently, yeah. right. in the history of the world. Yeah, but, so here's my question that might yeah. help other people. So this is going to be the first bike. I've had other vintage bikes, but they weren't old enough when I had them. Yeah. So this is the first one I'm going to have that's over 25 years old. Look at old. that. Uh, yeah. I got a slingshot. You put With a convertible a top on it. You got yeah. a roof on his slingshot. Cabrio. He's, I'm going to be a real car someday, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but how does one go about getting a vintage plate? Okay, so when you step into the world of vintage motorcycle ownership and you own a bike that's over 25 years old, which is honestly for us pretty, norm pretty normal, um, the vintage plate is great because it lasts until what year, John? 2050. 2050. No matter when you buy it. So right. if you buy one this year or next year, right. it doesn't matter. They're all right. supposedly in Ohio expiring. Now, who knows what's going to happen in 2050? I don't know in our state, but I'm not sure. You'll I'll have be to here. buy a new one that's good right. till 20. So the rules are two, you can ride the motorcycle, two motorcycle shows, two motorcycle oh, events, two um, potential sale of the vehicle. What about a Sunday drive? Totally. Weekends are great. Weekends okay. and holidays are totally on limits, including Friday. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's all on book. What else, Daniel? Because I know you do the you knew you do a lot with this. So work plate. on it. You said work you on know, it. Parades. Um, the other restrictions. Mm -hmm. um, you can ride it after you service it to right. test ride to test it. Ride you can it. ride it to take it somewhere to be serviced. Excellent. And I work on my brakes every time before I ride it and have to make sure they're working. So <laughs> that's true. And like I, uh, you know, I, I was big in the VJMC for a while, so I had a membership card. Right. I got pulled over one time. I whipped my card out and said I was just beating, you know, just had a membership meeting. I rode the bike there. Now, Daniel's got a particularly good trick that Daniel does. What's your deal? You well, I've use got Facebook. A, I have a Facebook Import. page called Vintage Riders of Ohio Meetup. And when I'm going to ride and some of my friends are going to ride out with someplace with me, I create an event and we ride to it's hilarious because every once in a while, I'll get a Facebook thing that says Daniel's doing a, a ride tonight. <laughs> right. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's Tuesday. Like, what's 
what I didn't know about this impromptu get together of vintage motorcycles. He just wants to go ride his bike. That's it. But it's an event and it's documented as an event, so you can go ride all you want. Well, the only thing I haven't put a vintage plate on is like my CB1 because it doesn't look like a vintage bike. It's, you know, it's legal. You can yeah, put a plate right. on it, but it looks like a crotch rocket and it's like, uh, I don't know. And my PC800 um, is 1989. So, of course, it's well within the vintage rules. It's, you know, 30 years old plus 31 years old. And I had a vintage plate on it for every day I ran it, but it's all, you know, it's Captain Plastic. Fantastic. It's clearly, right. you know, to anybody who's not aware of what a PC800 is, it's, it's a, a modern bike. bike. Right. In fact, maybe a little too modern. Hence the slow sales. But right. the, uh, but it really, I was only pulled over one time on the bike and the guy pulled me over and he pulled me over and he goes, I see you got a vintage plate on there. I said, I do. And he goes, is that a PC 800? I said, it is a PC 800. He goes, people really like those. And I said, yeah, there's a cult around this bike. Yeah. And he goes, well, it's Wednesday. And I said, yeah, I know. And he goes, well, are you supposed to be riding it on a Wednesday? One, law enforcement officers are not really well-versed on the on the rules of historical plates. Five so months in like, the police academy does not make you a lawyer. Right, exactly. So what I can tell you is the statement of, well, yes, I just worked on it. I'm dialing it in. Or we're having a meeting tonight of our, you know, um, you know, anything that's, you know, whatever. He's not going to do any research on it. He's going to cite or he's not going to cite you. And, and what's, what's the penalty? Well, the penalty is misuse of plates. So uh, in Ohio, we have, a, we have an ORC, Ohio Revised Code, that is very similar to most states. In fact, Ohio didn't write its own laws. It kind of borrowed them from New York. And every state will have the misuse of plates law. And that just basically means you're, you're using the plate for something other than what the plate was intended for. Hmm. It's a catch-all. And it's usually a very, very low, like a minor misdemeanor. It's, it's very minor. And if you can go into court and kind of, if you do get cited for that, I do strongly recommend that you go ahead and, and say, you know, okay, yes, officer, that's great. Be super polite and be super kind and remind the officer, could you please in your notes put that I'm working on the bike or I'm going to take pictures of the bike to sell the bike right. or I'm going to sell the bike or I'm going to my buddy's house and we're going to work on the bike, right? I rode it to work because a guy at work wanted to look at it to buy it. Absolutely. An excellent, excellent affirmative defense. I needed to have the carbs look that because I need the orange removed from them. And yes, the guy was exactly. going to tell me exactly. So as much as there are many rules regarding the historical registration in the state in which you might live, there are also many exemptions for that should you happen to be cited for operating the vehicle while you have historical plates on it. In my time riding, and I'm 51 years old, it's been a long time, um, it is my experience that when you do, if you do have an interaction with a police officer and they want to be a prick about it, um, that girl on that Triumph with the pink gas tank, that Triumph bobber, the whatever, yeah. The, yeah. I see her every day riding down Lorraine Avenue. She rides the hell out of that Triumph. Does she work over there? There's a girl, but that one's pink. Like there was a girl who works over there. Yeah, she might work there, Triumph. Yeah. What, yeah. what, what kind of gas tank? She has a pink, pink colored gas pink tank. Gas yeah. The rest of the bike is black the way it came from the factory, but it has a pink gas tank on it. So probably ordered the pink gas tank from Triumph and where they go. But so that is the rules regarding historical registration. Now, you can get a historical plate simply by going into your BMV and telling them, I need an application for a historical vehicle. And what they're going to do is have your title with you. And then they're just going to look to make sure it's 25 years old. That's all. That's, okay. it. That's it. And if the bike's 25 years old, they're going to give you a historical plate. Now, if you want a vanity historical plate, 
You can pick the six or seven letter word that you want to have on there and go through the vetting process. They'll issue you a temporary on paper right, right then and there, but you will pay 50 or $75 per year to have that plate in that historical configuration. Yeah, no. I've had a few historical vanity plates. Uh, a note about getting model year plates. Yep. So if you... Uh, <laughs> Wait a second. Oh, there you go. There's the whole parade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. There's the ride out. They're out saving lives. Yeah. So if you're going to get model year plates, I think there's like a $3 fee to, yep. to tie that plate number to your historical right. plate. Yep. You have to have the historical plate with you right. if you get pulled over. Like typically so people have the historical you can, plate under the other You plate. can do it after the fact as well, but it costs more. It's like $7 right. to, to tie that plate to it if you do it after gotcha. the fact. And I've done that many times over the years. Model year plates is basically go online, and there are companies that will make you, they will actually make for you a model of your historical plates. So you tell them what state you want, you tell them what the color configuration is, and you tell them what you want it to say, ha ha ha. Yeah. And they'll make you a model of your tribute plate. And then you take that plate with you to the BMV. You'll have to take a photocopy of it. And then you'll tie that, like Daniel's saying, they'll tie that plate. So if you have a 72, you know, like for me, I had a 70, uh, I had a 74 Kawasaki H2. Mm -hmm. So I had a Kawasaki H2 and I put, I had a plate that said H2750. So H2750 that was manufactured for me that looked like an Ohio plate from 1974. Right. So it had the red and white color scheme. It has to be an Ohio plate. Right. So the vintage Correct. plate has to be an Ohio it has plate. To be on, yes. It has to be the state in which you're in. And so I had this white plate with red lettering that said, you know, H2 750 and I took a photocopy of that and I submitted it right there at the BMV and they were like it didn't have to go anywhere else and they were like great and yes you have they'll issue you a historical plate that is not the one that you asked for right it's it's just a separate it'll have like a, a you know six or seven digit number that, that means nothing right and then you're right I put it underneath my existing my my model year plate Yep. It was funny when I did mine, yeah. um, the 76 plate that's on the BMW. Yeah. She's giving me a hard time because I brought the plates in. She's looking right. at it. She said, this plate is supposed to be red letters with a white background, but the background's kind of yellow. <laughs> and I'm like, it's, it's old called, as fuck. It's called patina. Right. And she's like, oh, oh, okay, I get it. And she it's did, called and then patina. She did it. You know, yeah. you, you got to be able to tell them right. what they're looking at. Yeah. You must be able to articulate. You, you should. And in my particular situation... Now, you will pay the same price for a model year plate as you will a vanity plate. So the van the model year plate is going to cost you more money per year than a traditional historical plate gotcha. that has numbers you don't care about. But yeah. that kind yeah, of the only thing I don't like about that is the reason I like the historical plates is right. because yeah. you pay $25 for, for the that rest of your goddamn life. Yeah, so it's yeah. cheaper than a regular registration it is. and wow. you only pay it once. And you never have, and to, you renew never have to redo it. Well, right. I've got historical plates that are 25 years old. I mean, I've got them 25 years ago and uh, I may have sold the bike uh, yeah. that's there, but it, you know, uh, it's, it's a Honda plate. So, <laughs> so yeah, if dancing between the raindrops is one thing, but yeah, it is theoretically good for like in our case till, till 2050 or in some cases 50 years. Right. And it is a really good loophole 
for people who don't ride their motorcycle or that particular bike a lot. So what you're saying is if I become a GS850G collector, yes. I just need one plate. Well, among all you may remember they're not vinned to <laughs> that know, bike. I know. So but um, how many times do they pull in other states like uh, Wisconsin stuff? They in Ohio too. We have what are called collector vehicle plates. Yeah. And collector vehicle plates are different than historical vehicle plates. Huh. And the idea behind a collector vehicle plate is you'll have your collector vehicle plate, and maybe you have nine Corvettes. So you could have O one, ABC one two three. O2, ABC123, O3, ABC123. And you'll get nine plates for your nine different Corvettes. Right. And you'll essentially be paying one fee for that collection of plates. Uh. You'll have the same numbers there and then an O1, O2, O3, 4 prefix huh. on those. And that's for, um, you'll see some things all the time where it was really funny. I saw a... Uh, um, Dodge Neon, that was the uh, autocross <laughs> edition, the America, like the, yeah. the, the it's, okay, people are into that. That's yeah, great. Yeah. But I saw it had a collector vehicle plate on it. Wow. And it wasn't old enough to be a historical vehicle, but it was a collector vehicle. And they were able to articulate to the people at the registration bureau that this was a collector vehicle. Now, it probably is among neon enthusiasts, mm -hmm. a collector vehicle. And so that, yes, he was able to have a collector vehicle tag for that particular thing. Now, in those collector vehicles, I don't know if the restrictions are the same. Right. But I do know in historical vehicles, we have those restrictions. So that's something you want to be, you know, yeah, cool. aware of. And then, of course, with your, you know, there you go. That's a seat. That's a Yamaha 750. That's a three-cylinder Yamaha 750. Yeah. With a so, king and queen seat on it. With a king and queen chopper seat on it. Yeah. yeah That'd with be the a big custom or something? It's What's not that? The, it's not the XS. It's, it's the a, XS 750. But like a D. Like it's yeah, it's real the, late. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's real late. It was when everything wanted to be a Harley. Yeah. Swayback. <laughs> yeah. Every, it's swayback horse. Exactly. Swayback horse. It's when styling just went out the window. And it was like, we don't know what to do. Fuck it. Throw everything at it. You want mags that look like pinwheels? Sure. Why not? Fuck it. Go for it. Um. <laughs> yeah yeah some of those bikes some of those like mid 80s or an early 80s cruiser bikes really an abomination americans so. will buy anything well they just nobody knew what it was going to be and you know well that's that's what's going on right now if you look at craigslist and facebook marketplace and all this because i was you know i was snorting around and stuff and yeah and there's a lot of people really proud of some junk out there, man. Yes, there are a lot of people <laughs> proud of some junk and we're seeing people that are buying that shit and bringing it in here yeah and we're like no and, you know, historically, we've been kind of real fast and loose on the 15-year rule. Yeah. We're like, yeah, you know, we work on bikes that are 15 years old and newer, but if we like them, we'll right. do a deep dive. But, no, we've had to tighten that shit up because there have been some. There you go. 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 So the guy on the bagger in the back, mm -hmm. his only piece of safety equipment was a bone back protector, B-O-H-N, yeah. like a spine protector, but he was using it like an, an elaborate kidney belt. <laughs> <laughs> he was not wearing it where he should be. T-shirt, D-O-T T-shirt. Right. Yeah. And had been, he had sunglasses on it. He had night, sunglasses on it. Which night, is good. So he right. was really safe. Yeah. Right. I wear my sunglasses. Little Corey Hart for you. Yep. Yeah. Um, also, I learned this week that um, if it doesn't run, or the motor's taken apart and right. not put back together, they're right. rare. Yes, it's rare. Rare. It's rare. rare. Right. Yeah. Or project. Mid-project. Mid-project. Right. Mid-project. Right. 
Complete it your way. Totally worth dollars into this. That's it. Yeah. Oh, this guy's got a lot of lumens on his bike. Oh yeah. Wow. He did the old. Uh, yeah. Sup. Yeah. He did. Yeah. What's up? What's up? I'm out. Yep. Ride free. Yeah. The. We've seen some bikes coming this week, that, obviously, have not run in ten years. Yep. We've seen so many bikes coming this week. Bring out your dead. It is bring out your fucking dead. I've seen more rotors that were rusted, where the calipers were rusted to the rotor. I've seen more garbage this week. It's just getting really ugly out there. And I think what it is, is people want to ride motorcycles. They want to get into that whole social distancing at 45 miles an hour thing. But what they're not doing is they're not having any discretion whatsoever when they go to look for a bike. They're not, they're not obeying any of the rules of buying a used bike. Because it's gotten to be such a fucking, you know, feeding frenzy. Like, I can't. The one thing that coronavirus is going to do is it's going to drag a lot of bullshit bikes out into daylight. And we're seeing a ton of that shit right well, now. For instance, the bike that I'm buying Sunday, it, it's a good looking bike. It's right. a really good looking yeah. bike. And I'm not paying a lot of money for it, right. which is pretty much what it's worth. But, you know, whatever. I'm not buying it because I'm collecting. I like it. And I want to ride it, you know. Right. But. Looking in Cleveland, because, you know, just in the Craigslist or something like that, right. people are asking four times as much oh, yeah. for a bike with like 36,000 miles, missing carburetor, and yeah. a broken seat. Right. Yeah. It's insane. Oh, the, the asks are hilarious. Yeah. What we see people asking for bikes and what we see people paying for bikes is just kooky right now. Yeah. It really, really is. And that is a challenging market. But here's the trick. There's the bikes up to $3,500. Mm-hmm. And then crickets. So, like, if you have a bike that you're asking six grand for, good fucking luck. Yeah. If you can't cover it with a stimulus check, ain't happen. It ain't gonna happen. So, like, if you've got a bike and you're listing it at six k, you'll have better luck selling two bikes at thirty five hundred. Yeah. Than you will selling one bike at six k. Definitely. Um, we have sold the bejesus out of the TNT one thirty fives because you can't get a grom. Right. Like you just you just can't. Dealers don't have them. People want a small bike. People want a bike they can own for under thirty two hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And we've got a lot of them. Like we've done so well with the the TNT one thirty fives, and you know what? Not one has come back. So they're all bulletproof. Like the people are riding them. They're happy with them, and they're sending their friends in to buy more of them, which is great because we love referrals. People are really really happy with the bike, but it's more that they couldn't get a Grom. And, and at the end of the day, they're going to be happier. The bike's I think so. I, I mean, really, we had a Grom in here yesterday that we serviced, and I took it out for a ride. And it's like a perfectly dialed-in Grom. It's everything you'd want a Grom to be. Yeah. 100%. And the guy spent probably 1500 bucks making it this way. Right. But I took it out and rode it, and I was like, oh, wow, Benelli's are way better. Yeah, they are. I mean, 100%. it is a much better bike. Even on a Grom that somebody spent an extra 1500 on, Right. which... Honestly, Grom's cost a lot more than Benelli's to begin with. You can add all that money to it, but it doesn't give the bike a fifth gear. It doesn't give the guy. It doesn't It'd be give interesting the bike. to compare uh, Cam's Kawasaki. His uh, what is that? The K. Uh, He's K-125. got a twenty five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got a pro. I mean, KZ, Kawasaki's yeah. known to be a little more. Z one twenty five Pro. Does it actually? Does that have a little more balls on a Grom? Well, hey, let's get Cam over here on that bike and let's do a shootout with yeah. two things. Let's do a shootout with your breathed on. Yeah, TNT, sure, and we'll do a shootout on a factory, just you know, normal TNT out of the crate. Why not? The quarter miles open. 
Quarter mile's <laughs> wide open, apparently. Did yeah. you notice when the parade went by and they were yeah. all going fast, a cop went by a half a second later yeah. and didn't do shit? Don't do shit. It's no. like, yeah, whatever. No, it's, we're well beyond yep. that. Yeah, that's not hey, did happen. you notice that we were way ahead of the game talking about how stupid Sturgis is? Yeah. All the yeah. news agencies are reporting on it now, and now they're saying they're estimating 275,000 people because it's the only bike event open Exactly. All so, like, I have a lot of people in my circle that are like, we're going to Sturgis. I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, well, we weren't going to go to Sturgis. They're on, they're on their way now, right? I mean, this is this Starts is tomorrow. Yeah. I know. This is, they're, they're, they're. They're most of their way now, but they're saying there's nothing else going on. Nope. So because there's nothing going else, they're so fucking starved for a motorcycle event that they got to go to Sturgis. And I'm like, that is the wrong combination because yep. you get that kind of pent up fucking hedonism. And it's just going to be like, as soon as everyone gets going to Sturgis, and it's going to be like, ah, I can't take it anymore. Finger in the butt. Boom. It's gone. And that's what's going to happen. I predict that there's going to be a physical incarnation of the coronavirus at the end of that week. Like a thing walking through. <laughs> I am the corona monster. Up you have corona. It. You have corona. You Chewing have them corona. up and spitting them on other people. That's exactly it. I mean, it yeah. is going to suck when they all all those guys hang up their costumes and go back to their dentistry yeah. jobs Well, and that's going to be the problem is it when is. they bring that shit home. It's going to be terrible, you know, man. That's the thing is the souvenirs. The souvenirs... You know, if you go out and you have a wild weekend sometime, what's the rule? Don't bring any souvenirs home. Right. Right. Don't bring home anything that you can't explain to your mom or your mm-hmm. wife. And I think that this well, kind of event is this kind of thing that it's just going to be like, wow, this is hedonism. Yeah. I mean, it's bad. It's yeah. going to be bad. And this, if you're thinking about a Harley right now, I'd say wait eight weeks. Eight weeks. You might be able to get some really, really good really, plague there's specials. There's going to be a lot of widows and yeah. a lot of like family members. Real like, good oh. plague specials. Yeah, I because, know, you know, and even with that, I mean, like with the, the whole mask controversy, right. can you legitimately go there and walk around with a mask? Like, I feel like people are going to be trying to punk people out who are wearing a mask. Yeah, right. Like yeah, it's going to be, like, it's, it's gonna be oh, a fucking word. Yeah, take right. your mask. I'm like, oh, sorry, we don't serve. I, I won't serve you without a mat if you're wearing a mat, you know. It's yeah. Oh, that is not going to be happening at Sturgis. No. So I guess I understood it right. I did read the article, and it is the citizens and shopkeepers of Sturgis had voted to not have Sturgis. Right. And the mayor said, no, we have to. There were some that, like, yeah. what's that guy? He had a TV show. He has that stupid, like, the buffalo chip or whatever right. the fuck yeah, it's yeah, called. Yeah, he right. was all like, yeah, we got to do well, it. Of course he does, because that's, that's his, his entire, right. that's his Christmas. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a right. whole show showing him for 11 months freaking right. out and then just rolling in cash for a month right. or a week exactly. or whatever the fuck it is. Right. And that's true. But yeah, the people yeah. are terrified. Some of like the local diners and stuff right. like that are fucking terrified. I, it's it's a tough position to be in, because if I was a mom and pop business owner in Sturgis and you're going to tell me, OK, wait, you mean it's going on? Right. Like I might just be like, OK, board the store up. Yeah, we're not being and here. fuck off. I mean, well, that might be the time to take the Winnebago and head somewhere else. You saw yeah. our friend is going, Jackie Ham. Yeah, Jackie's going because she's in the industry. Yeah. You know, whether or not Jackie, whatever Jackie's opinion is of it, that's great. She's Jackie. She, I'm sure she has an excellent opinion of it. Yeah, I'm sure she cares about everything. Right. I'm sure well, she cares she's about with BMW. What, she's like with but, BMW. But so it, sure it's kind of like you have to, like you've had to fly the on a plane. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. So you're willing, you know, you're taking chances because right. you don't have much choice. That's a good that's point. Your job. You're right. And for her, it's kind of like it's her job and right. for her not to go. And yeah. I have not flown on a plane since we got back from Portland. Mm. And like 
or right after that, I did the zero meeting. So I got back on, you know, that was when I got the when corona. When you got the When I got the Rona. Uh, but that was like March 1st. So I was back in, right. back, that was my last trip. And that trip, I, you, there's no reason for me to get on an airplane since then. No. Because my job does not require me to do well, that. And I'm going to say at this point now, yeah. with, with how, how bad it's got, I, if they asked me to, I would say no now. I'd be like, you're off to fire me. I'm not getting on a plane. Yeah, Sorry. it does seem like. It's a little unreasonable. The COVID at this point. keeps getting closer and closer to me. I don't know, if, right. but but now I was talking with Bruce the other day and his yeah. daughter. Well, her first her husband, who's probably going to be ex husband, right, got it. Now Beth has it, so his daughter oh, got Jesus it. Jesus Christ! And they were talking, wow. and he's talking about, well, we're supposed to go on vacation. I don't know if I should cancel or not. I'm right. like, yeah, you should. You should cancel. cancel, right? Yeah. Well, she's only uh, contagious for so long. I'm like, you don't know. I'm like, if I yeah. had the COVID, I wouldn't want to be around my mom for at least. Three months, maybe six yeah, months. I'm like, it's I don't a even very, want to yeah. yeah, it's a very, and now what I'm concerned about is remember, I was part of that VA test that they did where I was getting tested and I got tested and, mm -hmm. and I have contact tracing set up in my phone and I'm participating in all those things, voluntarily participating in that. And they do let me know when things happen. Oh, you have a chip. Come on. I totally have a chip. It's right <laughs> in the back of my neck right here. They put a chip in right there. It's Corona chip. Uh, it's also good for uh, anything, you know, Communist Party. Your yeah. doors open so you automatically. You don't have to worry about the TSA line anymore? Nothing. No, it's not. It's not yeah. That's it. They, they know everything I'm doing now. But what is hilarious is every time I go to Aldi, so when I go to Aldi, Aldi's across the street from Walmart. So where I live, Aldi's here and Walmart's there. And what's funny is every time I go to Aldi, I get an alert on my contact tracing that because I was at Walmart. Oh yeah. So it's it's geofencing is not that accurate. Right. So when I'm at Aldi, which is you know all my the Aldi by my house is very chill and everybody's yeah. masked up and the, they're walking the right way in the Aldi, aisles. Yeah. Like the Aldi is very is very German. You know, it's it's like Aldi has it figured out and nobody nobody doesn't obey the rules at Aldi. Nope. They've got the hand sanitizer out. They're wiping down the carts. Aldi is doing a great job. You know why? Because they're fucking German. Well, now Walmart across the street. I've gone in there once or twice. It is fucking Roscoe rules. It is no masks, swastikas, like game on. Like, well, it is totally. Where you used to have your other shop, Mentor. Yeah. That Aldi is questionable. They have mask managed. Not yeah. the Aldi. I'm not, not dogging Aldi. Right, right. But yeah. the people are not necessarily following through. Yeah. And then did you see, I sent a link. Did you see Karen, uh, a new Karen from Mentor or in no. the DMV? Like losing her mind. Oh, because, Mentor? Oh, yeah, because they oh, asked really? her. It's, it's on national websites and it made the really? news. To give you an idea, Mentor is a suburb about 15 miles east of Cleveland, 20 miles east of Cleveland. And Mentor's claim to fame is for cities around 60,000 loita, 60,000 60, inhabitants, uh, Mentor is the whitest yeah. city in America yeah. of its of its size. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was, that was where I used to be a police officer. Yeah. And so it is epically white like mentor is crazy white uh yeah and there's a lot of people that are very privileged uh with yeah, the whiteness out there yeah yeah but this yeah. is this one's great she's in the dmv apparently her boyfriend is getting something and she's just refuses to wear a mask and people start talking to her and the, and the person comes up the owner or whatever he is yeah and he's like ma'am you have to leave there's that because i'm not putting a mask on I'm, I'm not here to do anything i'm just standing here he's like well you can't stand then you here. definitely oh, shouldn't that, be that, here. that's my predict right. yeah because like, when i i worked that whole thing yeah. and it's like yeah. you're not here to oh well if you're not here to do a transaction then Get you're the not welcome out. here but please right. leave because you're this is a business and if you're not here to do business fuck off fuck off but I mean, it gets to the point where it's so uncomfortable to watch because other people are like 
I have a, I, I have a deficiency in immunity. Yeah. You're putting my life at risk. She goes, I don't care. And then the best part is, is a, her boyfriend who's in line yeah. goes, please don't do this. We don't need the cops called again. Again. Oh. So he added the again to it. And I was like, wow. But meanwhile, oh. she's filming. And here's the thing. Yeah. She filmed herself and uploaded this herself. To to show the world. How awful mm. everybody. So you have she's 20, a freedom fighter. Yeah. yeah there's 20 yeah. people in there of all different. Like you see one dude that looks like he just got off his Harley. Right. And he's never bathed in six months. And he's wearing a fucking mask. Right. Exactly. Then you got the guy that's in a suit and tie. He's yeah. wearing a mask. A girl with a cane. She's wearing a mask. Yeah. He's the only person that's not doing it. And like all these people are like, everybody's polite to her at first. Like, look, ma'am, just yeah. whatever. But then they're she, still in Ohio. Right. right. And as she ramps up her stupidity, yeah. everybody starts being like, why are you so. What's broken with yeah, you? Like, yeah. Like, what is your deal? Like, like you're happened? planting your flag in this. Yeah. It's, and so this, she this cuts This is not it. the hill I want to die on. Right. Yeah. And it's like 20 minutes long. That's oh how long this video God. is. And at the end, she cuts. She goes, well, I guess I'm going to go. The cops are coming. And she hangs. I wanted to see what happened with the I cops. I would too. But that's where yeah. that's where you got to switch over to the body cam the body cam channel. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be a follow up on this one. We've had a few, but uh, the one that I've had yesterday, the gentleman called in ahead of time and he says, "I want to make an appointment because our shop is appointment only." Which, by the way, greatest way to run a motorcycle shop ever because people who make appointments are there to make transactions, right? So you might keep this going then forever, <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah, I can I don't want to see a world where we're back open again. I do not want to see a world where our door is unlocked. And just any fucking meat off the street can wander in. Or idiots like me back, like when I, because I work yeah. in near Menor, which is horrible. But right. I used to come to your other shop oh, yeah. and just annoy you at lunch. It's bullshit. <laughs> and, but people who've not worked in the motorcycle shop world don't understand that because we're uh, where we are in Cleveland, we're super seasonal. Yeah. So we can't have enough staff ever. Right. So like the right amount of staff is always like two people too few. Right. Right. And so what happens is during my work day, which is from like seven in the morning until about nine thirty at night. I generally am just always overtasked. Right. And so I'm usually just behind the eight ball somehow. And people will get it and just be like, dude, I just needed this and I'm gonna out of your fucking way. And that's great. You're my best friend ever. And we will bullshit when we're at the bar with big drinks, right? right? And that's usually where it works. And I, when John comes in, John is like, John's great. John's like, John comes into the shop. He's invisible. If he needs something, he takes it and fucks off. Or he drops something off, he drops it off and he fucks off. If he sees I'm with a customer, like John always respects my time at the shop so well. And most people honestly do because they know us and we've been doing this for 20 years. I've been doing up. that though. I mean, I learned, th I learned that when you were down on 25th street, right? It was like, yeah, come in, uh, you know, you know, and then I'd, you know, I'd be out for a ride or something. Right. I'm like, well, I'll stop in there and see right. what's going on. Right. I picked up my TNT without talking like, to you. Right. You're busy. You're constantly dealing with right. people. I know I'm not there to spend money. So it's like, yeah. or I, you know, there was also that point where I was like, well, I'll buy something like a light bulb or something. Just, <laughs> so to justify my existence. I'm going to set a spark plugs or a jug of oil or something. Just, <laughs> you know, I didn't just. Try to keep him in business just a little while longer. <laughs> well, this dude called and he said, he goes, I got to tell you. He says, your appointment. I said, yeah, we're appointment only. I'm like, let me get you set up with an appointment. I got a great schedule. It works perfectly. It's been the best thing ever for my business. He goes, well, I got a, a health restriction. I can't wear a mask. And I was like, okay. I had asthma my entire goddamn, like my entire time. I had to fake not having asthma to get into the military. Right. Like I faked not having asthma to get into the army. So, but I had albuterol inhalers my whole existence as, 
you know, a, right. as a child. And then when I got in the army, I kind of grew out of it a little bit. They and worked it out of you. It, it, yes. Thank you. They PT'd it right the fuck out of me. <laughs> you know where my asthma went? Right on the pavement. I pushed, I pushed planet. I pushed Fort Knox, Kentucky all the way to China. <laughs> fuck One that. One day this little piece of flesh come out of your exactly. lung. That was like, asthma. Oh. I saw it. It crawled away. That was my <laughs> asthma. And I do occasionally have like asthma stuff, but eh, you know, whatever. So this guy said he couldn't wear a mask. That's fine. I got no problem with that. I said, well, I'll tell you what, do me a favor, figure out what bike you want to buy. And when you show up, I'll schedule you a time. I'll schedule an appointment like everybody else, but I'll bring the bikes out to you. And him and his wife were out here in the parking lot. Super cool. She wore a mask. He didn't. James and I paraded four different bikes out there. Mm -hmm. And you know what he did? He bought a bike. Wow. And that is like an example of like, yes, even though he couldn't wear a mask or didn't wear a mask or wouldn't wear a mask, right. whatever okay. the reason is, doesn't matter. We still served him. Right. We I've took bikes out to him. I've made that argument. It's yeah. like, okay, I go to Home Depot. Right. You say a mask is required. Right. Either I'm a moral objector or whatever reason, I don't right. want a mask. Right. You should have a runner. Yeah. Who I can show up there and say, I need this, 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 and this. They yeah. have it. You bring it right here, bring out, you know, yeah, they and have I it. can do the they transaction do. curbside. They have, they have eight, it. they have eight curbside only yeah. parking spots they where do. you place your order online yeah. and say pick up and they bring it out to you. That's so how my wife does. So my well, wife, I love that. That's what we yeah. did. I bought a TV from Best Buy. Yeah. Yep. Peggy ordered it online. I yeah. pulled into the thing. She loaded it in the trunk. See you later. Bye. Perfect. Yep. And I mean, we're on the fucking Corona cast now for Jesus Christ. I didn't want to do that. But but it is that kind of thing that it does work at motorcycle shops, too. Mm -hmm. And we have people that tell us, oh, I want to buy a helmet. I need to buy a helmet. I'm like, okay, great. Let's get an appointment. Let's get you into the shop. And this one lady was walking around. She's like, she came in and she was with two of her other friends that were like trying to buy a bike. And she's like, I just want to tell you, I love your store. And I was like, that's great. I'm so happy you're having a good time. And she's like, yeah. And she goes, but she goes, you know, and she goes, but we have masks. Like we give people masks if they don't have one. So I gave this woman a mask because she didn't have one. Who doesn't have a mask at this point? I don't know. They're fashionable. And you're not part of the team if you don't have a mask. Fuck you. Right. And so she came in. We gave her a mask. And she's like, she goes, oh, I got to tell you, I love these bikes. I think I touched every single one of you. I One of them. And I said, I know. I've been watching. I get to clean them all. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, when you guys leave, yeah. I'm going to Lysol everything you touched. And she was like, oh, shit, really? And I was like, no, for real. That's yeah. what happens. That's why we're doing scheduling. When you leave, when we you're... Sanitize the building. Yeah, yeah. Pick a little, tuck a little, pick a little, tuck a little, pick, 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 tuck a lot, pick a little more. When you guys roll out, <laughs> I'm going to go and just fucking hit everything, yeah. you know? And that's what I do. We went to the guitar store, yeah. and the way it works there is they have the tag tucked into the string. Okay. If you pick it up and touch it, you're supposed to leave the tag out. They know oh, that that's been touched. Oh, that's wow. smart. So, so they go and they'll they'll sanitize they'll wipe those guitars. That's a good idea. Cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. Oh, that's a really really good idea. That's that's badass. Because like when sometimes when sometimes when people are picking up their bike and I'm like oh because for the first two or three weeks I just wore gloves, and you know I understand the way latex gloves work. Right. Right. I'm I'm adept at that. So what I did is I had about twelve sets of light duty mechanics gloves. And what I would do is I would put them on a rotation. Right. So we know Corona only lives for so long on stuff. Right. So that's those those gloves would get put aside and they wouldn't get put on for another three days or four right. days. So every like four times a day, I'd rotate in fresh gloves. They weren't getting cleaned every time. They were just getting put away for a few days. They were getting quarantined. They were getting quarantined. Thank you. 
You can bake them at 160, and that should be Bake bullshit. I'm not going to bake my goddamn nylon gloves at mm. 160. I'm going to have little blubs of, of rubber no, or something. No, not at 160. I'll microwave them. Yeah, that, but, well, that might melt Whatever. Them. I also know that I can set them aside for three or four days. They'll probably be okay. Yeah, In any case, I was doing that, and I was going through, like, you know, just ripping. But these things are, like, seven bucks a pair. Right. Who cares? And they're cool. And so I was doing all my prep work on the bikes and stuff. So I'd come out and I'd have my gloves on and give the bike to the customer. And then I'd go change my gloves. And the guy was like, I was watching you. And he goes, you're really doing that. I was like, do you know how happy we are to be open? Right. There are states where we're not, states where what I do is not allowed to be open. They're fucked. Like Michigan, Pennsylvania, two of our brethren states are not allowed to do what we're doing every single day. Think about all the venues. Oh, my God. The Grog Shop. Oh, I feel terrible places. for Kathy. Yeah. Everybody. So you watch what Kathy does at the Grog Shop. And like that, go, we go way back with Kathy and she's amazing. Mm -hmm. And the Grog Shop is a place where all of us have seen the world's greatest punk rock bands ever. I mean, Always. I saw Link Ray there. I saw mm -hmm. Dick Dale there. Yep. Like my history at the Grog Shop is epic. Mm -hmm. And if you big, live in Cleveland and yeah. you're under 60 the Euclid years old. Tavern and the Grog Shop. Yeah. You've been to one There's of those a Cleveland places. institution. It is. Yeah. And to see Kathy's uh, thing, so if you guys want to look up something really cool, look up Grog Shop, uh, and it's called Getting Venues Open Again. Or But today is the day, unfortunately. Yeah. Today yeah. is like the last day that you have to like let the politicians know or something. Right. But it is true that these music venues have not been able to earn a nickel mm -mm. since this whole thing started. And meanwhile, remember that these are the people that brought you the Lemonheads. These are the people that brought you the Ramones. These are the people that brought you. Kathy has book booked. I got to know Kathy probably in 1990. Mm -hmm. And Kathy has booked so many amazing bands through Cleveland out of a what the grog shop used to be. It was a real shithole. And know? and she was cool, and it though. It was epic. It because was cool. she always incorporated a local Cleveland band always. with a big band. Always. So like you, she really helped a lot of bands she become did. something, too. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that was a really great thing for her. White Stripes at the Beachland. Yeah. yeah. That right. was, like, That's wow. also, too, the Beachland. Yeah. They've Beachland been there 25 years, 20 years yep. now or something So like that. these are venues that we absolutely love, that we go to and we try to give all of our money to whenever we can. But they've gone through a really, really tough time right now. So what's now. the status of the grog shop? Like they're closed. They're closed. It's closed. Forever? Or? No, I don't no, know. No, 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 until no. this whole thing yeah, lets but up. Like yeah. they're just they're hurting. You know, all these yeah. places are hurting. They're what not about? gonna open up like Vegas and do like, well, fuck it, we're open. All they yeah. can do is close, shut no, the place, right. and go try to earn money some other way. Didn't so all these places are doing to go cocktails now. Right. So what's up with Porco? Porco is uh Stefan is taking a very, very high road with this. So I've been there, you know, a few times and been over there to pick stuff up and drop stuff off. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Porco's, they're doing some improvements. They're working on the facility. Okay. But they're not even suggesting that they're open. So different bars like LBM and stuff are trying to work it. And I know our friends, Kevin at the Moonglow, mm -hmm. are doing a great job. It's just Kevin just opened, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just opened. Oh, he just opened in time for the shutdown, you know? And... What they're doing is the state's allowing a three drink minimum, a three drink maximum with a food order. And so they're working with other food vendors to kind of get food in there so that you can do that. But now the state just shut it down so you can't drink after 10 p.m. Right. Which I don't even see what sense that makes. But I okay. do because I have been in those environments when people get too much liquid encouragement in yeah. them. And 10 o'clock rolls around. It's ambiguous as fuck. Yeah, 10 o'clock is but bullshit. I think that what they should have done Dutch is... courage. They should yeah. have done nobody inside after 10 uh, to go till 1 or yeah. 12 or something. You know, yeah. like, The crazy thing about Stefan, though, is he has that whole area. Yeah. I mean, like, he really could do a yeah, lot yeah. of outside stuff. I mean, like, you could be 10... 
you could have it really spaced out. But you really even, could. But it's difficult. I mean, but okay, so, you know. I think I he cares know. about his staff, though, because he just doesn't want to risk the people that work for him, you know. Cause, it I mean, might change if, you know, if the unemployment, were, you know, runs out. Now, you know, before it was almost doing people a favor to stay closed because, you can, you know, if you're not working, you can sit home, you can get the unemployment, you're doing, you're, you're making it relatively comfortable as opposed to like some places who reopened and right. like you're the Mexican restaurant. So you brought these people back in. Now they're not getting the unemployment, but they're only getting a half of their tips because you can only do half of the business. Or a stuff. quarter or something. Or, right. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's a slow death then. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a weird, strange, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just. I'm happy to be working. I'm sure you're happy to be working. And, I'm and, happy. To, well, I'm happy to, yes. I'm happy to be working. You know, it's nice to have a paycheck during this and seeing, like, you know, all the people struggling. You know what I'm starting to see pop up? And I know it's kind of depressing, but you're starting to see families on the side of the road, like, need food or need money and stuff like that. And, like, not like your typical, like, you get to the end of the highway and there's the same dude every week. These are, like, new people out there. You know? I've been like, saying this, you know, more than once, that everybody's putting the memes up and saying about, how bad 2020 was. Dude, fuck 2020. It's such a bad year. You have no idea what's in store for 2021. I don't know. Yeah. When, you know, just the when general the decline. I mean, when, yeah. you know, the rent that's not going to get paid, the real, the commercial real estate. I mean, you know, people renting, you know, you're renting a floor for $30,000 in some right. building downtown. Yeah. And now everybody's working from home. Right. right. Like they're, they're already, I just read an article about that where commercial real estate's going to tank. This yes, is going to tank. That's going to tank. Well, a lot of people figured out, like especially tech companies, <laughs> not mine, of course, but <laughs> other ones have figured out that they're running just fine with people running from home and they can save $30,000 yeah. a month yes. by not having the building. People, they've they spent $5,000 to have you work from home. Right. They're just going to leave you there. Yeah. Of course and they're they going to close the, they're going to close right. the office and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. I took a step away, but I did want to say that Stefan and a lot of our other bar owners, a lot of our people that, that have great institutions here, I got to give them a ton of credit for taking the risk and taking the high road. Right. Because what they're doing is they're leaving it in the hands of their staff and they're saying, because you guys, what Porco does, the quality of their staff, the quality of the people that work there, the dedication, the talent for them to do what they do. I can't fucking get close to that shit, let alone I can't make 12 drinks let alone make 1200 drinks. And right? not only that, but like it's, I mean, I don't mean to, to compare them to like, like a McDonald's or a Starbucks, right. but like they're the high end of cool drinks, but you yes. never go there and the drink is never bad. Like right. it's always like, if you get a painkiller, their accuracy in April, is amazing. And you yeah. get a painkiller right. in July. It's consistent service. Same, same fucking drink. And the man. people that work there are the top of the fucking market by yeah. any standard. The, the people that staff these places, all of our friends, Society, Porco, the White Owl, everybody. I mean, I'm sorry, Spotted Owl. These guys are all top of the fucking game. And they really, really are. And to respect their staff by saying, look, we're not going to put you in that environment where everything is a, a Petri dish right. with a bunch of drunk assholes. Because when places do open, that's how Florida got fucked. That's how Texas got fucked was the laissez-faire attitude of, well, you know what? We're going to be open and serving drinks. And then all of a sudden, everybody's sick. And what we said was, or bring you back so right. you can earn, earn, you know, take you off of unemployment right. so you can earn a quarter of what you could yeah. have normally. You it's know, really an ugly scene. And I feel terrible for people that have to make that decision. It's an awful decision to make. Yeah. But what I give them credit for is by as much as I fucking hate it, because I fucking live there if I could. Yep. Uh, 
what I give them credit for is holding to their fucking guns and sticking to their guns and saying it's more important that we continue to have staff that can give quality product to our customers. And these these cats that worked there have come up, you know, they've had to do a lot of other things to pay the bills and come up with their, and I feel terrible for what they're going through. So I feel like Stefan was responsible though. And he had a really good run right before yeah. this. Yeah, and I, I'm yeah. pretty sure he's not, you know, he's socked away something. Or hopefully something. we don't see the, hopefully we don't see the end of a lot of places that we love. Yeah. And hopefully that when the, when the light goes green again, and when these guys feel like it's safe to go back in the water, um, that, that we can all go out and celebrate and rock on. Well, and know? that's the thing. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's, it's but nobody it's, knows when that is. No, nobody, nobody knows, knows when, when that, that is, is right? but nobody I, knows when that is. I have so. to say though, my liver has recovered quite decently from Porco not being open. Okay. For a while. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little, one good thing. Right. about you know. Exactly. My problem is I'm drinking a lot less, Yeah. but when I'm drinking, I'm drinking more. Uh, like, so I'm, I'm having the very high spots and low spots. Whereas before I was in a nice cruising altitude. Right. So generally all week, I'd kind of be like here with maybe one small dip Yeah. where now I'm all like down here and then the occasional like, fuck, you yeah. know? So I'm very yeah. much like become a college kid. <laughs> I never went to college, but I'm under, starting to understand what their liver feels like. See, for me being retired, it's just the opposite. Is it? You know, I used to have like, and it's weird. My drinking nights were like monday through thursday maybe <laughs> friday on the weekend i wouldn't drink right. no i just drink every day, just drink every day. <laughs> <laughs> you earned it man right you were drinking earlier today weren't you yeah where did you not, post? Not i saw you post I got up, here oh i thought oh, yeah. you, i saw yeah. you post up some beers and stuff right? no that yeah. was actually from like four or five nights ago oh, okay. no but anytime anytime i have a well not anytime it's only been a couple times but if i have a day off right. i'll say hey dan what are you doing oh i'm going to this brewery at three right. meet me there yeah <laughs> all it's right like it's your job <laughs> or something yeah yeah well, i'm gonna say that i I'll, thought you worked at a brewery you work at a brewery no did i no no he works for the VA. program at one point i'm like does he work for fatheads or something like that I'm no like, but he's just he's like that perfect that perfect unpaid representative. Yeah. Yeah. Fathead's a noble beast. Right. Yeah, you are definitely. He like. Speaking of noble consistent. beast, didn't you do a ride? Didn't there, wasn't there a little ride that happened? A little bit of event? Well, yeah, the, yeah we did the, that was the the big long one. The big we long one. About last no, week. no, yesterday. Well, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You went with a couple yeah, buddies, well, right? We That's actually kind of become unofficial noble beast vintage bike night. Nice. It's taken over for Don half Duke. price wing night. That's the new oh. official non-douchebag non bike night. That's the new non-douchebag bike night. There you I go. like that. I like well, the idea of that. Yeah. You know, they're doing it right. Um, walk in the door. You got to have a mask on. Right. If you're not seated at your table, you got to wear a mask. Right. Uh, they made the bathroom single occupancy. There's a little <laughs> foot switch. Yeah. That turns a light on. Nice. Tells oh, you the cool. bathroom's occupied. And they're okay. strict about that's it. Cool. I mean, if you get up yeah. without a mask, they're all yeah. over you. Yeah. Hey, uh. Speaking of motorcycles, yeah. <laughs> did you see that uh, Kawasaki's getting serious about electric bikes now? Tell me more. So if uh, there was an article on Adventure Rider, Kawasaki's yeah. patent came in, and okay. they have a thing here. Let me see if I can pull it up. But At seems... some point, I want everybody to guess what the, the Kawasaki name for their electric bike was. Oh, I, to... My computer's been drinking, so I had to put it on We have to out. come up with a Kawasaki so, yeah. na eccentric name for okay. an electric motorcycle. I'm okay. thinking out of A Kawasaki right name for an electric motorcycle. That's pretty good. I'm right. going to call mine the the Kawavolt or the Kawavolt. something like that. A Kawawat. 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 There goes there goes our friend Henry Harry Palace again. Oh yeah, second first gear, gear guy. First gear guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I think actually that's just all third gear. Oh, uh, third, okay, yeah, he missed uh, second, yeah. right? Yeah, he's the Kawawatsky. The Kawawatsky. Nice. That says patent shows Kawasaki is serious about electric motorcycles. Kawasaki patent application shows that the Japanese manufacturer is getting serious by entering the electric motorcycle department. As seen in the video below, Kawasaki has already released some information about its electric motorcycle program. And uh, la la la, lots of other stuff, whatever. But they're, it seems like they're going to have three to four different models coming okay. out. Right. And then here, look at the little diagram. So the big battery thing in the middle. Yeah, yeah there's a big square in the middle of a, yeah, exactly. It, it looks I, a lot like a zero. It does look a lot like a zero. Right? The battery pack looks remarkably zero-ish. And so does the motor placement and where motor it is. Placement, and, right. There's a lot of zero happening right yeah, there. Yeah, that's, and also like with electric motorcycles, you can have a, one of those diagrams and it really only has like four components. Frame, battery, motor, handlebars, two wheels. Done. That's your patent application. But this this is my favorite. Look at this yeah. little diagram and like scroll through it. Okay. What are they All trying right. to talk about there? There's houses, there's you can motorcycles. Put four motorcycles in a house. <laughs> <laughs> that is the weirdest thing. That is so fucking strange. Are they trying to say that everybody in your household should ride an electric Kawasaki motorcycle? Like I, I have I, no idea. Wait, four, four white four bikes equals a power wall? Oh, maybe. Maybe you can power your it house. It does. It does. So what they're saying is that you can have, you can basically have a power wall in your house using the Kawasaki batteries. Oh. So you could have, um, you could have up to four motorcycles in your garage and maybe six or more Battery motorcycle units. cells oh. powering your home. And then just take a cell as you need it and put it in the bike to go fuck off. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, the premise of that, though, is you can find some place to f charge your bike for free. Right. When you yeah. go to work, uh -huh. you, you take the charge your bike up at work and bring the power home. That's true. <laughs> hey, boss, I'm going to leave home early today. Why? <laughs> Wife's got to blend some eggs. Wife needs to make a souffle. The refrigerator right. stopped. The refrigerator quit running. I'm just here long enough to charge up my motorcycle. And then I'm going to go home and take... So our friend Brandon Nozaki Miller has come up with some technology that is designed to go backwards and instead of taking power from your house, put power from your electric motorcycle back into things. Okay. That's so what Brandon, I've always said is like, why isn't there yeah. a power inverter built into each one of those zeros right. where you yeah. could plug stuff in like right. a 110 outlet? Well, Brandon's idea is that, yes, he, he Brandon has pioneered a, uh, a platform. Uh, you know, we'll let people look it up in the show notes or whatever. It's more fun that way. You can have a quest, but look up Brandon Nozaki Miller, and he has come up with a concept where, or probably patented at this point because Brandon's a very smart guy. He has come up with a way that you can literally take your electric motorcycle, go down to the Walgreens, get your charge on for a buck or so, and then bring that electricity home to you and then plug your, your house or whatever else into it wow. with a device that is a backwards uh, supply of electricity for your house or your RV or your camper or whatever else. Right. Use that giant fucking battery in your motorcycle for good. You know, it's not it doesn't need, just need to sit there and wait for you to ride it. What's right hilarious now. is that we're doing this with motorcycles and yeah. nobody's been doing it with the cars, which have an even bigger, bigger battery. batteries. Well, you know, you think about your Tesla, if you're out on the road somewhere and you charge up at a super Tesla supercharger, that car is a giant battery transportation system bringing electricity back to your house. Well, did you see there's yeah. companies now that are, are are making electric retrofits plug and play for yeah. all the old VW stuff, yeah. VW bugs yeah. and buses yeah. and stuff, because they use that tray for the yeah. motor. Exactly. So right. you can just plug electric and thing in and go. And we talked about the, was it the Yamaha 
had the the modular power rig? I don't remember. Well, we talked. I, well, one of them, like we were talking about putting it in K cars. <laughs> so there's a <clears throat> there's a uh, there's literally a, a a unit that is two motors, mm -hmm. and you know all you need is like where does the battery go? And here's the motors, and it's like okay, well there this used to be a car. I, you know, internal combustion. Well, right. that was, I was, that was my idea. See, like you yeah. could turn any car into a hybrid by just replacing, you know, if it's a front wheel drive car, right. you take out the rear axle yeah. and you put in a, a live yeah. axle with a exactly. motor and put a battery in the there trunk. There you go. You're done. And now it's an all wheel well drive done. hybrid. Yeah. Isn't, isn't there a American company making crate motors for cars, electric crate motors? Yes. And, uh, uh, God, I'm, I'll have to channel his name for the show notes or something, but we did have a gentleman stop by here who, who does build, you know, electric, modular electric vehicles huh so uh very very cool um you know neat thing to get into at this point because well yeah it's yes we all can appreciate you know his dodge challenger however it is really really fun for me to jump on my zero and go fuck off super fast right and uh it i do ride that bike a lot and it you it, would quadruple the power of any volkswagen van by putting a oh yeah motor. oh my god God, we yeah. go from 55 miles. <laughs> yeah, and Volkswagen vans were always that kind of thing. It's like, you know, they're pathetically slow. There's never been a fast one. But the trick was when you did build a fast one and you put that long block 1600 in there and you built a really good motor, the problem was the front of the van pushed all the air out of the way so the air couldn't go into the intakes for right. the cooling on the back of the van. So you created an, a dead zone of air so that you'd overheat almost instantly. Well, and that's the thing is what, yeah. what kept a lot of the hippies alive in the 60s was the slow van. Slow van. That's why they're exactly. still here, you know? I don't know if any of you have really been really, really properly baked, but if you've ever been <laughs> properly baked, <laughs> the last thing you want to do is fast. Yeah, no. Like fast is the worst thing when you're baked. There's, there's a, there's, <laughs> there's this comedian, he's this black dude, he's, he's fucking hilarious. He talks about Mr. Alcohol and Mr. Weed. Okay, yeah. And he's like, Mr. Alcohol is like on a Saturday, it's like, hey, why don't you get in the car and get on the highway? And you're like, yeah. okay, Mr. Alcohol, we can do that. Right. He's like, oh, there's a cop behind us, Mr. Alcohol. He's like, hit the gas. We can beat him, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then he's like, then you get in the car and Mr. Weed's like, hey, right. I'm kind of hungry. And he's like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, what do you do? He's like, let's go to McDonald's. He's like, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> and he's like driving. He's like, hey, man, we should take the highway. He's like, you sure, Mr. Weed? He's like, oh, we'll be safe. We'll be fine. Yeah. And so he's like driving, you know, yeah. and he's like, use your turn signal okay yeah he's like hey there's a cop he's pulling us over okay right. don't worry you're not a, you're not an amateur let's right. do this you know and he just goes through the whole thing about how nice everything is and he's like, yeah, yes yeah. officer no problem i stay away from cars when i've been smoking <laughs> like my whole rule is very simple i i one time many 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 years ago a long time ago let's just say statute of limitations is long fucking gone i once stopped at a green light for about 15 minutes and <laughs> i was times in a change yeah i was at a green light for about 15 minutes yeah, yeah, because I, I was new to that. That was new to me. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you're new. Well, as I said, I was in the military and I was in law enforcement, so I was really late to the game. I I followed the Grateful Dead for a little while, and I can tell you, uh, <laughs> driving home from a Grateful yeah. Dead show, yeah. oh, geez. Yeah. And it's like playing the game of looking at this, you know, being to totally sketched out, staring yeah. at the speedometer, and then looking at the road and being like, how long was I staring at the right. speedometer? How long was I staring, oh, dude, staring at the speedometer? I'd be like, right. uh, 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 yeah. uh, I, I, got, I have I have a crazy story, and it probably helps explain why I'm I'm mentally incapacitated. Um, <laughs> so in 1992, I was DJing at the Limelight in New York City, and I had played and like we'd stayed up all night and you know and played and I got paid in cash. We had a rental car. Yeah. 
And, you know, this is like the rave days. So instead of STP, I had a shirt that said LSD, LSD with the thing right, and stuff. Yeah. You know, we're driving home. I mean, and, it was uh, acid house. Yeah, right, yeah. right. That was that was what we did. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we're driving back and we're coming back. I, I was going to Akron U at the time. So it was, right. we're coming from New York to Akron University, going through New Jersey. Right. And uh, it's it's like it's winter. It's like December. And it's cold. And we're driving. And I and I, I see a cop behind me. So I pull over and I'm like, OK, whatever. He comes up and he's like, all right, where are you guys going? And I try to tell him it's like that. He's like, you know, what? I'm going to need you guys to step out of the car. And I was like, what's the problem? He's like, here's the deal. I can either call for backup, get a right. warrant, and do it, or you can just agree with me. I was like, right. fine. He goes, I know you probably have drugs in the car. Or I'm sorry, I forgot about one thing. So we did. My roommate had like two sheets of acid in the car. We were bringing it home. So as we got pulled over, he was like, eat Unbeknownst this. to any of you though, right? Well, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. whatever. He was like, but he was like, eat this. And so I ate one and he ate one. Well, that's when the cop, yeah, acid. that's when the cop came. Right. Oh boy. And so we're sitting there and he pulls us out of the car and it was cold outside. And that's kind of what saved me because I was shivering because right. I started to feel the stuff. Oh, yeah. So he was doing this thing where he was like, where are you going? And I said, Akron. He's like, I thought you said you were in New York. And I said, well, I, I was in New York, but you I'm going home. And he was yeah. just fucking with it. You yeah. know, just yeah. trying to think. He separated us 50 feet apart on the guardrail. He'd come to me, go to him, come to me, go to him. <laughs> and so I don't know if you've ever, anybody's ever done acid here, but it takes about 20 minutes, 30 minutes to kick in. And you start to see things separate. Like the uh, a line in the concrete will go from black to red, black and blue, kind of yeah. like separations. So that starts to happen, and I'm like, oh, this is bad. You know, I'm like, this is not good. It's kicking in. It's kicking in. And and so <laughs> this this starts to happen, and it, it's and he comes back, and he's like, do you mind if I search your car? I think we have prob prob probably to search your car. If you say no, it's fine. We'll wait here. I'll get a warrant. We'll right. search it anyways. Yeah. So I was like, go ahead, man. And so he they dig through all my records because I used to play records. So he's like, literally looking through all the records, Jesus throwing them Christ. on the ground and everything. Oh, my God. So here's another thing I didn't know until after the fact. Listen, kids, never give anyone permission to search no. your car. Yes. If they can get a warranty, if they, I'm sorry, if they can get a warrant, let them prove it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was getting a warrant involved. Yeah. It's not yeah. just like, oh, yeah, I'll have somebody send me, you know, that's like you got to call a judge somewhere. Wake them up. They, yeah. you know, like, it's okay. I was 21 years old and Go high. Get I was, I, yeah, I was yeah. a little nervous. But yeah. anyways, my roommate it. didn't yeah. tell me. Right. This is the best part. He didn't tell me he had 10,000 hits of ecstasy inside of a sock bag in the trunk. Oh, well. You know, I didn't know about this, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So they're digging through the trunk. And apparently, I found out again after the fact, the cop pulled the bag of socks out, threw it on the ground. It rolled down through the thing. And whatever. So, anyways, he they didn't find anything. All this stuff. My roommate goes and gets the fucking bag of well, socks. Of course he and does. Puts it back it's in the worth car. Twenty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so we get back in, and the cop goes, "Listen, there's fifty miles from here to the PA border. Right. I'm going to follow you the entire way. If you do anything wrong at all, I'm going to pull you over. We're going to go through this all again." Oh my god. So yeah. I get in the car, and we all get in the car, and we're driving, and I'm doing fifty-five, and I'm like, I'm looking, and I'm trying not to hold the steering wheel. I'm just trying to keep it kind of. Like I'm, I'm flicking it to keep it kind of going straight, so I don't have to hold it. And when I tell you, like everything's kind of starting yeah. to happen, it's oh, yeah. happening. And so we're driving about 20, 30 minutes. Cops behind us the whole way, and it starts to fucking snow. And Please tell me you had cruise control. No, no cruise control, and it starts to snow. And so oh. I don't know if you've ever and just even driving at night in the snow. It looks no. like you're in the Millennium Falcon. You went warp shit speed, fucking man. going everywhere. And so I'm, I'm starting to kind of trip out and the fucking cop lights go on and my heart sinks and my balls go up inside yeah, my chest and right. I'm like, motherfucker. And then he just turns around yeah. and goes the other way. Yeah, you get a better, you get a better call. And yeah. so when that happened, they were going to babysit you for an hour. No, but yeah. the relief of the cop leaving, yeah. everything went. <laughs> and like, we <laughs> Time in this decompressed. Car. Now, this is before cell phones, before anything. Yeah. 
get so, off at the next exit yes. immediately. You need to get off at the next <laughs> We got off at the Poconos. It was the yeah. first exit we got off. We found a $42 a night hotel. Get yep. a hotel room. And we yeah. got four nights. Yep. And we stayed there for three. Oh, wow. And you need it all. I have no problem. I, I'm I'm not gay, but I have no right. problem. But like me and Joe sat on the bed and held hands for three days. <laughs> <laughs> we made it. We made it to the bathroom to get water and stuff. And at some point, I must have been passed out. But yeah. he had called his girlfriend, who then yeah. drove from Akron, Ohio, to the to Poconos, the Poconos. Wow. and then picked us up on Tuesday. Holy shit! And then took us home. My God. So yeah, that was uh, you crystallized. That yeah. was. And anyway, so since that day, my vocabulary's changed. <laughs> I <laughs> see things much different. Yeah. My sense of humor is only funny to me, apparently. And it's just the you. worm has definitely turned <laughs> yeah. for you, my it's friend. A very, we've always, I mean, we joke about it on this podcast a lot, but, you know, motorcycles are this strange thing because, you know, the lane is built for cars. Yeah. The whole world is built for cars. Right. And motorcycles are this strange vehicle that gives you a superpower to do things, well, out there. Right. And, you know, if you can do this, well, you haven't violated the Mark Lanes yet. You're, you look silly as fuck, but yeah, you're still within the marked lanes. And motorcycles are a very strange thing for people that um, are recreational users. And <laughs> I have definitely had my experience both on both sides of law enforcement right. with recreational users. And I've always just been like, yeah, when I think back to my, my short career in law enforcement and the number of people I had interacted with where I'm like, I know this guy is just super fucking, he's on everything but skates right now. <laughs> And I just can't figure out what he's on because my inexperience with the drug world was just like, I just don't know how to act with this guy. So I just generally just be like, are you totally okay to be doing what you're doing right now? Yeah, I got this. Okay. I'm going to go that way. <laughs> I want you to go that, that way. way. Yeah. That's it. How far are you from home? Yeah. Yeah. Just go there. That'd just, be your just best. Just run along, please. Yeah. A yeah. lot of law enforcement is location, location, location. Oh. Be like. You're oh, gone. I, I accidentally tapped my thing. There you go. Okay, we're back. Yep. Okay, we're back. A lot of law enforcement is location, location, location. And so much of it was just like, okay, I could, this could be the end of my night. Or you could just go that way, mm -hmm. just a little further. And I did find that a lot of that, I used to ride with a guy that when we would get to the Indiana line, he'd crack a beer and put it in his bike buoy. You know what a bike buoy is? It's a cup holder. Yeah, the thing that... And it swivels, yeah. right? So you can lean, and the bike, and the, the beer can just stays vertical, no matter how much you swivel. I got one, right? And when we get to the Indiana line, because Indiana line, you could have an open container in a motor vehicle as long as you weren't drunk. Really? I know. It seems is a this very still strange... now? I don't know, but it seemed a very trusting law back then. <laughs> right. And so, invariably... When we'd be traveling in Indiana, we'd pull over to the side of the road. He'd always insist. And he rode a, a GL 500, a Goldwing 500 mm -hmm. uh, motorcycle with all the bags and the, the backrest that pushed up, you know, the, the all the cool shit. And he had this like fully dressed out Goldwing 500 and he'd pull over and he'd pull a beer out of his saddlebag and, and he'd put it in his beer cozy and he'd peer, <laughs> put it in his little bike buoy. And he's like, as long as I'm under the limit, I can drink while I'm driving. And I was like, how important is that to you? Yeah. I'll wait till we get to the fucking bar, bar you know? Right. And I rode cross country with that guy and he did that. And I was just like, that's so weird. But he just loved having the freedom of being able to do that. Dude, it's I was like, dudes who get to Ohio and they're like, the helmet is off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? I remember being like 10 and my. I'm surprised there's not like helmets laying at the border. <laughs> just like, man, You're welcome to PA. Take a helmet. Everybody, <laughs> everybody here is about the same age. You're a little bit older, but yeah. back in the set, like late 70s and early 80s, 
I had a friend's dad who would drive us places, yeah. and he had a, a Bronco. Yeah. And the in the Bronco between the front seats was a cooler, right? And then behind the cooler was a thing that he cut into the the the, the where the transmission panel okay, is, yeah. so yeah. he could slide it open and throw empty beers out on the road. Yeah. So yeah. like he had his road yeah. cooler, and yeah. we'd be like, there'd be three kids, like he'd be taking all the kids to wherever. Yeah. And he's just sucking down, sucking down beers, beers the whole time. Down the thing. Oh, that casual was like, that drunk was driving. Normal. It just, was just normal. Yeah, in the seventies yeah. and eighties. I used to drive a limo for a while, and and we I would always brief the people in the back of the limo because you never know who you have in the back of the limo. It's just yeah, you right. know, you get what you get, right? Um, people people rent limos. You and have so to have some interesting stories. I do have that. a couple, and uh, <laughs> but in you know what I would do is when I would pick the group that's, up. That's for the forty-five minute show. I would oh, brief. Yeah. I would brief my customers in the back of the limo. I'd say, okay, guys, so this is the way the limo works, and here's the bar, and here's this, and here's that, yeah. and here's your cooler, and this is all great. But here's the rule, okay? You guys are in the back of the car, so what you do back here is fine. If we get pulled over, that's just great. But what I would ask of you, please, is there's a dump between the back seats of the limo. So every limo has this. So it'll either be between the back seats or like on that uh, platform on the deck. Okay. You know, yeah, by the back yeah. window, there'll be a hatch. And that hatch, there's a, a nice recycling bin back there. And I ask you to put all your empties, whatever it might be, in the hatch. Because the hatch goes into the trunk. That includes used condoms. And it's a one-way world. It's, right. it's like literally a time vortex. It's like whatever this paraphernalia you're gone. It doesn't happen. It's gone. You hit it. I'm gone again. There you, you go. It? Okay. Nope. Gone. Wait. We might have to get a different cable. We got to get that. a different cable. Yeah, we, we'll get it. Are we in? Yeah, you're fine. Okay, we're in. Or just don't hit it. I won't hit it again. Yeah, that <laughs> might be the best said. idea. And so quit doing that. And so I would always tell the customers in the back of the car, I'd be like, okay, well, just remember when you're done with whatever you're using, right. it's a housekeeping thing too. We don't want a bunch of cans and bottles rolling right. around the back of the car. And so... As luck would have it, one time I'm having this particularly good party. And uh, a good party means, like, they've hired you till 1 a.m. But then they're like, hey, we're going to go to strip clubs. And you're like, oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take you to a few great ones. But I get, get there and I'd walk inside and be like, look, I got four people in the car, five people in the car. They're a really great group. And uh, I, know, I know you're not letting anybody else in right now. There goes that caddy. That thing is in bad shape. It's not yeah, doing well. That is not in good shape. So uh, that loud that's, and slow. Yeah, loud. That's like a three hundred five in there. That is not a big motor. But anyway, so we I get them into a couple of clubs, and I talk to the bartender, get a bottle or two because they needed a bottle in the car. And so I'm buying bottles, and I go back in the car and be like, "Hey, look, these guys will get you a bottle of Jack, but it's going to be a hundred bucks." Right. Boom, hundred bucks. Oh, okay. Bottle of Jack materializes, etc. So about the third strip club. And I mean, this is going on 3.30 in the morning at this point. These places are all closed. Right. And I got these high rollers. We get pulled over. And I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus. What cop pulls over a limo? Well, 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You want to see what's going on? Nothing uh, good happens after 2 a.m. That's our rule. That's Nothing good happens after 2 a.m. So we get pulled over. And i am got my gear together. And I jump out of the car. And I'm. You know, I got my suit on. I look all professional. I go back. You know, hello, I, officer. Jeeves, oh, how I pull I over you? to the side of the road and I get out of the car. My name hello, is Jeeves. Sir. How right, can I, I help car, you, like, officer? How you doing? That's great. And here's my badge. You know, yeah. <laughs> this kind of thing. And you do all the professional courtesy stuff. And he's like, "So who you got in the back?" And I'm like, "I have no idea." <laughs> well, let's uh, let's find out. I'm like, uh, "No." Well, yeah, I just want to run everybody in the back. You want to, but you're not allowed to. Right. 
Yeah, because like a limo, they're they're we're not, separated. They're not part of the they're driving separated. experience, right? They're they're cargo. Right. They're literally cargo. They are in their own world right now. Right. And I and I did. I told the police officer. I was like, no. I said you're gonna have to get a warrant. You know, that's fine. You can do whatever you want. You can ask me to roll the windows down. I won't. Right. You know. And but then, you're being you're like. I'm cool. I'm the driver. So I'm what do driver. you need from me? I here's my driver's license. Right. Here's my insurance card. Here's so you're everything being, else. You're cooperating absolutely as the driver, and I'm the straightest arrow in the quiver. Right. And you know what's funny is this cop was like, "Well, roll the windows down." I'm like, "No." Nah. Well, then one yeehaw in the back is like, "I want to go down and talk to the cop." Oh, and no. this guy got out of the car, and I was like, "You're a dumbass." Yeah, I had this handled, dude. I had totally had this. Yeah, yeah you, you, right. you you were playing the probable. We cause. were doing what's it exactly cause? right. And this guy gets out and is just like the sloppiest, but he's like the, the alpha in their group. He gets out and he basically invites the cop to go do anything, right? Like, I was like, oh, this is ugly. <laughs> and I was like, please, please, please. We don't have any more Coke left back here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will say the cop takes a cursory look at the back of the car. He runs a couple of social security numbers. And I'm like, oh, man, please, dude, just fuck off. And the cop looks at me and he's like, so where are you taking these guys? I'm like, wherever home is. And the cop's like, how long you been with these guys? I said, since about 9 p.m. And the cop's like, wow, bet you're really tired of this. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, I hope you're making good money. I'm like, I am. And I'm like, so did you give them a good story, you know, for their friends? And he's like, yeah, I think you're cool. And he, he cuts me loose. And I roll out and we go. And I drop these guys off at their houses at some End up getting back to my house after I dumped the car off and cleaned the car up. I ended up getting back at 5.30, 6 in the morning. And I get back home, or I get back to the, the barn with the limo. I pull the box out of the back, the recycling container. It's insane what's in there. <laughs> I mean, holy shit, there were four people, Steve. Four people. There were bottles for 40 people. There were Bags they, of various cops, different substances. Did they, did they dump they things? They dumped everything. everything. <laughs> they dumped every goddamn thing. Nice. There was coke. There was weed. There was everything you could ever imagine back there. There was a purse. <laughs> Somebody dumped their entire fucking purse. And I just I just left it on the counter for my boss. I was like, you can figure that shit yeah, right, out. Yeah. I don't want any part of it. But that was the thing about being a limo driver is... I'd only did that for a short period of time, like mm -hmm. as a side gig. Yeah. But yeah, if you ever get a chance to talk to a limo driver, you should. <laughs> These guys have really been through some shit. The shenanigans in a limo. Mm. I wonder how many how many people a, a year die in the back of a limo. Ooh. Like from like. Ooh, that's know. pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, what's funny is nobody's ever died in the back of a hearse. <laughs> they all come pre-dead <laughs> pre-dead but i think limos are probably responsible for as many as ambulances i wonder yeah. if there's like limos out there that have the cpr machines in them <laughs> 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 clear las vegas limos all have fucking oh what do you, what yeah do you call those fucking yeah. things defibrillators defibrillators yeah, 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 yeah that should be standard and just pull it down yeah. it's not portable it's wired yeah. into it's hardwired into the system it's ready to go in a moment's notice narcan darts from the ceiling yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i can only imagine poor limo drivers what they got to go through oh. if any of our podcast listeners are limo drivers oh call us with a story yes because that shit is golden oh yeah. there there has to be there has to be good story i mean there so has to be i'm gonna give you guys a story just for fun. Okay. Just because this week, you know, I, some of you know, I delivered a Vespa out to a guy oh, who yeah. has owned 
uh, seven scooters before this. His name is Frank, and Frank has owned five Lambrettas and two Vespas or something like But anyway, that's unimportant. But I get out to Frank's house, and Frank was a Cleveland police officer for almost 30 years. Wow. Right? And he did... In he, what time period? Oh, uh, the good one. Uh, he was like from... 1970 until 2000. So he's laughing. He's laughing yeah. at the brutality that they're issuing. Oh, now. <laughs> what's going on right now? But but Frank was uh, Frank was a police, a Cleveland police officer, motor officer, but on the Fuji Rabbit scooters. What? Yeah, 1961 Fuji Rabbit. We Cleveland. We had Fuji Rabbit motor scooters in Cleveland that we used for various different things, mostly riding parking tickets and shit like that. But him and his buddy were on this. Um, that was their detail. That was what they had to do. That's awesome. But he's had, Frank is just, Frank has just, I mean, his whole history is brilliant. His, his scooter career is great. When, like, Frank's whole story, like, Frank was going to scooter rallies in 1960. Is that the pictures you posted? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So Frank was nice enough when I delivered the bike there. Oh, the. I was going to say the Cadillac came back, but that's a that's a town car. Uh, so Frank was nice enough that when I delivered his brand new Vespa, he brought out some of his pictures from 1960 through 1963 or so. Amazing, yeah. And he had all these pictures. And what killed me about Frank was like, you know, Frank was a Cleveland cop for 30 years. He was in the army and then he became a Cleveland cop. And but when Frank would talk about his wife, the dude just fell apart like he just broke down. He loved his wife so much. And he's 81, wow. right? And his wife just died last year. And he but, just bought a scooter. And he bought his eighth scooter. Wow. So his seventh scooter was still, in, or seventh, his seventh scooter's here now is a Bajaj, and he couldn't get it to work right. He bought one of those, like, he bought, like, a third-hand Bajaj, 2002 four-stroke Bajaj Cheetek. Uh. But his sixth scooter, which he bought brand new, was a 1980 Vespa P200. And to give you an idea, the odometer quit working at 41,000 miles. Again, huh? Yeah, you got to so stop hitting touched, the mic. Yeah. So at 41,000 miles, his odometer quit working. He said he drove it for another 10, 10 years after that. So he's got like, and, a, and how, many, how many top ends did he have on this thing? The original. Yeah. So he has like 60,000 miles on a, on a two-stroke scooter with one head. Between 60 and 80,000 miles on the original motor that came from the factory from Vespa. And he rode it from like where he lives in, you know, Strongsville, North Royalton, Strongsville, mm -hmm. all the way to Cleveland every day to go to work on the, the freeway. Wow. The super secret is keep your original Vespa crank. Right, exactly. Because that one that came through the yeah. shop, the guy was yeah. going to Houston. I'm yeah. like... He went through two or three different top ends, right. but he had the original, had the original crank, crank. He's good to and go. That bike had 75,000 right. miles. That's on. right. Wow. And it's not joking. These motors will last a really, really long time. Replace the top end every 20,000 miles or whatever. You'll be fine. But so Frank's deal was just great. And he had this P200 out there. And this is one of those things. When somebody tells you, like, my bike's got 80,000 miles on it, you're like, yeah, sure, whatever. When you see a Vespa with 80,000 miles on it, it in 1980, like it. it looks like it. Yeah. And so, yeah, the bottom of it was rusty. It was really bad. But, like, the rest of it, legit, like, he had he had the original title. He had the original bill of sale. Yeah. Everything from when he bought the bike brand new. That's Very cool. interesting cat. And 
I got to give that guy, I mean, he's 81 years old. I hope to be in the same condition as Frank is when I'm 81 years old. Yeah, man. Because he's still riding. Like, he bought that bike. I delivered it. He lives on a farm now. He fired it up, and he just immediately went out in the field and just started riding in the grass. Like, he, <laughs> dude, like, had his own scooter rally right there. One-man scooter <laughs> rally. Put his old 1961 Cleveland police helmet on. Said Cleveland Police Department badge on the front. Really? Yeah. And rode the oh, fucking Vespa. That was, this, that was in the picture. The, yeah, the dude oh, is yeah, the right. dude is amazingly hardcore. How yeah, many so, acres does he have? What's that? How many acres does he have? Not enough. Oh. Yeah, I was. It's rather small and Spartan. He's got a pond that used to be big, and it keeps getting smaller every year because he's getting older. He's not keeping it back, cut back. Yeah. But Frank, God damn it! So I throw that up on our Facebook, and yeah. you know, put it up. I met this guy Frank, and the whole deal. Well, I guess the day after I posted that up, Frank went somewhere on his brand new Vespa. And somebody stopped him and was like, you're Frank. <laughs> he was stoked. Frank got social media. First time <laughs> in his life he'd been social media. He's like, I saw pictures of you and your wife and your Vespas and your Lambrettas and the whole deal. And Frank was like, so he called me and he was in a state of panic because he was kind of like, some dude stopped me in the Metro parks and told me he saw pictures of my bike and everything else. And I'm Frank. And I was like, yeah, dude. And he's like, I'm famous. And I'm like, hell yeah, yeah not really famous. Yeah. You know, I have 3,000 people or famous. Yeah. Right. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, that's crazy. He goes, well, he goes, I got more stories for you. And I was like, Frank, I will be happy to hear your stories. Yeah. So he's a, he's a really cool what, guy. What's the chance we can get Frank on the podcast? Oh, I think it's pretty good. Oh, but Frank's, yeah. Okay. I will warn you guys. And I'm going to say this now. Frank can be a little hard to listen to because Frank's really excited. <laughs> and so when Frank's really excited, he fires at you pretty quick. Dude, if I'm 81 years old yeah. and I wake up every day, yeah. I'm going to be really You're fucking really excited. excited. <laughs> You're going to be real fucking excited. I'm, I'm sad that Chris Smith isn't here right now because I have musings from Rand. Oh, Damn, all right. Oh, Solid. damn, indeed. <laughs> Hello, get... Rand. Hello, Rand. So what you guys don't know is that last week after the podcast. So this is Rand just bought his uh, Z900. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So, uh, so Rand last week, uh, just right after our podcast. I mean, had he been a little bit earlier, he'd have been in business. Uh, but, but he wasn't. And so Rand just blew my shit up. I mean, blew my shit up. And uh, God love him. But it started last week uh, at our time. I'm going to call it. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Uh, I'm going to say that it was. Oh, shit. It goes back a ways. Last Saturday, mm -hmm. starting at. 0140 hours. Okay, so 1.40 a.m. Our time or his time? Our time. All right, so, so that's We had a podcast time. Friday night that lasted until Saturday morning. Yeah, right, yep. exactly. So he asked us a question about points. That's great. All right. Uh, how you doing? And so what we got going on, this is, this is fantastic. He's like, uh, a child whose first movie magic occurred when their utterly sweet parents took them to the theater to see Star Wars for no goddamn good reason that I can quantify, but for pure love, I love you, mom and dad, or, or, or fuck it. I'm going to ask. Thank you, mom and dad. Star Wars in the theater was the most pure magic a boy of seven or eight could ever enjoy in the seventies. And any bullshit I was thinking of saying right now melts into nothing compared. Uh, 
So, Phil, sorry, I don't know why I thought this was something I needed to talk about to you guys, but Star Wars. It was a good story, right? I can deal with a lot of stuff, but New Hope? Uh, well, what about pinball machines and pizza restaurants? Remember when going out to get pizza was a banner event? I can remember my young life by the movies I saw as a child through my young adult life, only one venue, Saddlebike Plaza, El Toro, California. I'd have to ride my bike about five miles over the I-5 to get to it. I had everything a young boy would enjoy, including a huge toy story called Something I Can't Even Find Anymore. Uh, it must be a toy store, right? The toy store, which no longer exists, had everything. I would wander the aisles, and there were two things that haunted me as a poor boy with no money and parents that, looking back, were doing their absolute best. Fucking G.I. Joe. And worst, the Tamaya models. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Phil. What the fuck does this have to do with motorcycles? Absolutely nothing. Don't talk about it. Getting, getting it out is therapy for me, and I don't care if you mention or not. Uh, you and I are the same age, and I think you can relate. Guys, remember when pizza was a non-corporate event? <laughs> um, he goes, talk about when you were kids and your parents would uh, take you and your friends out to the movie or some sweet-ass movie and then go to the arcade or pizza place. And the most magical moment was when they handed you a roll of quarters and said, go have fun. Uh, best time of my life. And uh, he's like, uh, Phil, just looked at what I've been sending you. Please, this is just drunk rant, stream of consciousness. Uh, you do not need to talk about it on the podcast. Oops. Oh. Okay, that's fine. And then uh, said Sleepy Cinch, wheelie school in the Northwest. I want to coordinate a school where you teach me and my coworkers how to wheelie. <laughs> that's a horrible idea. Horrible. I've been to wheelie school. Trust a professional. Yeah. Pay your money. Go to wheelie school. It's awesome fun. You will love it. It's great. Okay. Uh, anyway, move on. Uh, so... And this is now coming in Saturday at 07.15 My buddy went to wheelie school. He came back with no kneecaps, just so you know. Did he go to the Starboys one? Uh, it was some out to California. Oh, really? Oh, no. Because they used to do them over at Thompson Dragway. Yeah. They, and they had the bikes with the like the wheel sticking out the back the and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it was, I mean, they they did, I mean, yeah. they successfully got a lot of guys doing wheelies. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I did one, so yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. How did he lose his knees? Last day of the wheelie school. Yeah. Uh, not wearing really, he, he went out there with like, uh, jeans, ple leather pant, like yeah. they were leather, but they weren't riding leather pants and everything, but oh, they still let him take the class. So he did really well for the whole thing, but it was like the last day or whatever. And it went over and he, you know, it was like, Whoa, and he ended up, yeah. he held, held on, held, rode the bike out and right. ended up on his drag down his, dragged knees, his knees and just, oh, Ooh, I mean, it was like down, peeled him, peeled him. All right. So here he comes back. He's what a dick I am. I'm back again. Hey, I took my BMW GS up in the shit and had motocross people tell me I'm stupid. I crashed a couple of times, but fuck them. I had a great time. Me and my buddies were on working 600-pound bikes up on forest trails. We eventually aired down our tires. <laughs> but we still crashed, and fuck you. I can still go to Starbucks on my GS and get a coffee and fuck you up with my stories. You know, the GS Starbucks shit is really messed up. I've taken my big fat GS with all the luggage up to places that nobody else has considered. But because people talk shit about BMW adventure riders all the time, I feel stigmatized all the time. I've heard you guys talk shit. So when I want some coffee, I'm like, I can't go to Starbucks because that's the big joke, right? But Starbucks are at every fucking corner. So fuck you guys that make fun of me. I just want some coffee so I can BM before going on trails. <laughs> what the fuck? Is it a hashtag? Seriously, stop talking shit about BMW riders just going to Starbucks. Who cares if that's the case? At least they're buying bikes and supporting the industry. Do we really want to make fun of them? Hashtag don't be a dick is how that works. 
And then he gives us some pictures of him and his BMW uh, buddies on some like like straight up some shit, right? Uh, big smile, big cheesy smile from Rand and his BMWs. That's all good. And um, he says three out of four people are on, three out of four people on BMWs are still having a great time on GS bikes because one of them's busted up. The Starbucks BMW. Uh, R1200 GS thing really pisses me off. It's a generalization that doesn't help the motorcycle industry in general. Also, I crashed hard twice in some shitty soft sand on my GS last weekend. That was after drinking cowboy coffee and shitting in a vault toilet. Then I had some dudes in a $30,000 side-by-side tell me, hey man, wrong bike for these trails. Grab my tires with his hand and tell me what what to air down to and mock me. Fuck everyone. Can't I just ride trail, crash, lick my wounds, and walk away with lessons learned without being taught a lesson? Fuck it. It's not to, like you ask him to haul him home or anything. Exactly. To my own detriment in my age, I hate being told how to do stuff. Do you guys feel the same way? I swear it gets tougher with age. I did get my Starbucks GS up to 100 miles per hour on some forest roads. Hashtag fuck everybody. Okay, I'll stop being bitter. Wow. No, you won't. Hammocks. <laughs> so awesome. I tried them for the first time on this trip. Easy to pack in your Starbucks adventure bike and very comfy. Do some research and definitely get a sleeping bag that is rated for a temperature that is colder than you'd expect. Here's my little camp setup. And he's a really good camp setup with a hammock and everything else. Good to go. Anyway, not every guy in a <laughs> anyway, not every guy in a BMW GS is just posing. Please give us give us the benefit of the doubt. What's the harm? We buy motorcycles and motorcycle gear from merchants that help make the industry. Why make fun of us? That said, my night my my Z900 RRS. What what a difference. Uh, we don't I'll have tell to make fun of you. You're doing it for us. I'm, yeah. r- I'm a really big guy. You've seen me. Sorry. Skip all my shit above. I'm drunk and rambling. Here's the question. What's the lightest bike that I can ride 150 miles on the highway and crash in the dirt trails? I think Wrong. what he's saying is the lightest <laughs> bike you can ride on the freeway, but also fuck around in the dirt on. I would say it's not going to be around till next year, but the Yamaha Tenray 700 is the shit. Yeah, people seem to really like that. It bike. is. It's 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 Yamaha reliable. It's yeah. it's light ish. A KLX 250. Oh, can kind of do freeway and it can kind of do trails too. Yeah. So, but I mean, he's a big Rand's that's a big like, dude. That's so. a dildo rule. Anything's a dildo if you're brave enough. That's so, right. I mean, <laughs> if you're brave enough. <laughs> 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 um, so here we go. Uh, by the way, after crashing a couple of times and it being upside down, my Starbucks GS started right up after making horrible sounds because I couldn't get to the cutoff switch right away. Yep. The oil's not where it should be. No. Um, but it said, fuck you, podcast bitches. I was designed to lick my wounds outside of Starbucks parking lots. Sorry. I'm just fucking tired of people that talk shit because it's an easy target. It's a big target. He's too. really bothered about this. Well, yeah, yeah. All right. We want people to ride, right? So stop talking shit about bikes they want encouragement that should be everyone's motto not classification not stupid opinions just encouragement ride two wheels the usa would be a better place by the way i'm totally into the old coleman camp items me too (laughs) yeah yeah right on what a dark rabbit hole that's turned out to be my point is the motorcycle industry is bad There he goes. He was doing an Indian Larry. He, he was doing no Indian Larry. He right. made the light. Yeah, he did make the light, <laughs> just fucking barely. He did. He got that thing on orange. Uh, you and me should not talk down to anyone or talk shit about any style of riding. If a guy wants to ride a shadow arrow, fuck yeah, do it. What's wrong Get, with that? I don't know. Getting into motorcycles is intimidating. Don't be the asshole that makes it harder by your opinions of what is cool and what isn't. Seriously, the sun is coming up and I just want to go to bed. But this GS Starbucks issue really upsets me. 
<laughs> you don't know everyone's situation. Me and other folks have worked really hard. I grew up in an apartment in California. Um, I didn't have a couple of acres to ride a 50. Nobody did, but I wanted to. So life happens and shit changes, but that urge to explore is still that. But you have to go to work. If a fucking engineer that grew up in poverty and just wants to have a nice cup of coffee, what's the problem? You don't know their story. Rin, calm down. Have a fucking cup of coffee. But you yeah. sure are quick to judge or make them feel like posers. Sad. Really sad. I worked so goddamn hard to pull myself out of debt. When I finally got out of debt, I bought a bike. Then I heard all this petty Starbucks shit. Whatever. I'm keeping tabs. No, I'm not. I need to go to bed. Much love. He, <sighs> he does realize that we make fun of every style of motorcycle. Yes, we do. And then, so so this is the next day. This Have is you heard of Dunkin' Donuts? Monday. We're right across the street right now. Um, so Monday, he writes, I sure can be a defensive dick when I drink all night. Saturday sure did suck. Oh, oh wow. I was like, wow, I just checked the Patreon messages, and I was like, 56 new messages. Holy hell. Your message is excellent, though, and it brings up some great points about tribalism in the motorcycle world. Uh, I'm definitely going to read it in this week's podcast, and I think it will spark a good debate. Yeah. yeah, dude. Yes, you're right. We only shit on what we shit on. Because, I'd like to point this out, yeah. that Rand was out there riding a motorcycle, he oh. and he was out there riding it in mm -hmm. the shit, albeit yep. he went to fucking Starbucks first. I wasn't riding a motorcycle, so really I have no fun, <laughs> no, no, no real basis to poke fun, but right. yet I still will. Right, exactly. But, but I don't think anybody, when they're talking about the Starbucks riders, nobody's talking about you. You went on no. fire roads. Right, Like exactly. they're talking about the right. guy that buys the 2020 GSA with all the brand new right. stuff, pays yeah. $29,000 for it, and then is scared to ride it. And then takes off all the BMW stuff and puts on SWMO tech stuff. Right, right. And like makes it like nth degree, awesome, insane impossible bike and then literally never goes anywhere oh, with yeah. starbucks well, on uh, and right. that's the thing is like you know when you start adding metal aluminum uh skid plates because right. you know yeah. it's it's cool right and and all this other stuff to protect your final gear drive right. from a rock bash that will never happen yeah and yeah. you're eight miles to starbucks right. that's what they're talking and about. we have those customers here i work on their bikes mm -hmm. we have guys whose bikes only do one thing and that's transport aluminum boxes from point a to point b <laughs> that are usually full of whatever they got at like costco right but yeah. it's no different than you know you see a jacked up mud truck right that has huge tires on it, but right. it's so clean. It's a show truck. Perfectly clean. And you yeah. know this thing is never right. going to touch much. Well, that's exactly. a whole the yeah. whole bro truck movement right. that yeah. they got going on now with like, you know, they can hit the button and it goes up 15 right. feet and it has scissoring <laughs> things underneath it and all this stuff. You can't take that shit off road. Yeah. And if you do, it ain't lasting very long. Right. You know, yeah. it's weird. And it is, it is that thing. Like we will only fuck with people that are Starbucks GS enthusiasts. But we'll also fuck with the guys that are like, you know, the poser sons of anarchy wannabes. Well, how about this? Let's yeah. even take it away from motorcycles and the bicycles. Back when I raced bicycles, you know, you guys all know Chagrin Falls. If of you course. don't know what Chagrin Falls is, it's like it's a ski town without ski. <laughs> like it's that's what it is. It's, you know, it's a bunch of it rich is. people. It's like Vail, Colorado with no mountain. No mountain. Yeah. It's just rich people doing right. rich things and right. whatever. It's rich people doing rich shit. And yeah. so, you know, we would. We would meet at the Starbucks right. there, and then we'd go on a 130-mile bike ride. Right. But then there would be other guys that had the $10,000 Cervelo, yeah. like whatever the brand new bike was, and their ride was four miles. Right. And they just had their mocha cappuccino, yeah. and they had all their gear on. And they just went there to right. dress like Greg LeMond and sip cappuccino. Right. Yeah. But right. so th the point of that is, is that 
you know, they're wear their yellow jersey. If you are actually a rider, right. nobody like who's making fun of you. You're making fun of yourself. Oh, exactly. get out of your head, dude. Right. Like you, you right. just sent pictures to Phil of you riding in the show. He's shit. rocking it out, dude. He's totally You're an original it rider. Out. Now, right. as a person that does that, you should make fun of the GS that's perfectly yeah. clean yeah, right. at Starbucks. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm saying Rand should, not right. just us. Oh, no, Rand should. Yeah, but he should Absolutely. because he's a real rider. Right. He did his thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, ultimately what I am give a shit about is, yeah, I don't ride enough because this year especially, I've been too fucking busy to go do any real riding. I, my adventure riding happens in the 14-mile commute on the way home. And this is, you just, you just hit a really good point. So what defines a motorcyclist, right? Right. Oh, um, that's what one of our podcast listeners said. He goes, are you bikers? Right. And so Do you what call yourself a biker? It, it, here's the thing. Does the person that bought a Vespa, a 50cc Vespa or whatever they have, right. and the only time they can get out is once a week, but they enjoy yeah. the fuck out of that right. hour that they ride it? That's yeah. a biker to that's me. That's a biker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think there is yeah. a definition to it. And that's the hard thing is in our culture in particular, the United States biker means one thing. And <laughs> I tend to look at more of a European definition of biker where it's like, yeah, everything I do is bike related. Right. Like my whole fucking world is bike related. Mm -hmm. I don't buy a four wheel vehicle until I think about, can I put a bike in the back of it? Right. Like that's my world. There's two pickup trucks sitting in the parking lot across the street. One has a bike in the back of it. And the other one has the crates that bikes come in. <laughs> so fuck you. Right. We can't get more authentic than that. I yeah. spent my entire week doing what? Building and uncrating bikes. Right. My whole bloodstream runs on bikes. My whole... Four human beings, five human beings in this building get their livelihood based on motorcycles. Right. Like these can't, these people can't pay their bills and their families can't eat if they're not doing motorcycle shit. But Phil, you haven't ridden 800 miles this week, so I don't believe right. you're a exactly. motorcyclist. Right. So yeah. I guess with all due respect, you have every right to make fun of anybody you want to. Yeah, exactly. I, right. Right. Because I keep on working on y'all's bikes, man. That was a chick. That and was she a, was that was a chick on a sportster that was cafeed out. She was surly. Yeah, that was she was a surly girl. <laughs> she was a surly girl on her on her cafeed out sportster. Yeah, the uh, but it is one of those things like we do here. We work on, you know, you look 15 feet inside of our front door. What do we got? A million. We have a giant goddamn Harley Davidson, you know, uh, road glide right there. So the first bike that's in the service department is a road glide right in front of that is the giant suzuki boulevard version of a road glide i've never seen that so packed in my life oh dude. my god our shop is a very like our shop right now is insanely packed and we are united we should be colors. working on bikes right now we should be working on bikes <laughs> well last week after the podcast what we did when the podcast was over is we went into the the garage here yeah and we troubleshot a, a rebel <laughs> so you know steve had uh brought a rebel in for us to sell for him and we sold the Rebel, but then it was start, it was starting to have electrical problem. It boomeranged. It boomeranged. So this bike that we'd sold that Steve was like, it's great, Phil, everything works, kick ass, it's awesome. Well, we sold it out and the person took it home. And I mean, this is a $1,200 bike right. on its very best day. It might be a $400 bike, but in this market, it's a $1,200 bike. Right. But it boomeranged. And so while we were all done drinking and put the podcast table away, we folded into the shop here. And we started stabbing his motorcycle with screwdrivers, <laughs> literally stabbing it with screwdrivers. The Gerber tools all snapped out at the same time in unison and fuses got stabbed. And eventually out comes the meter, right? Out comes the meter. And four idiots finally figured out what the problem was, which was a uh, one wire going to the right rear turn signal. Really? Yeah. So one wire going into the right rear turn signal was chafing on the metal frame, the metal uh. fender. So a turn signal wire was chafing. So anytime you would activate the turn signal, it was a dead short. 
And these rebels had glass fuses. So the glass fuse presented good. Like, optically, it looked good. And when we put a meter across the top and the bottom of it, it tested good with a meter. But I noticed when I took my Gerber tool and bridged the fuse holder, top and bottom, which you can do. Don't worry, you won't shock yourself. Then all of a sudden, everything worked. Mm. So what had happened is that little short, that very, very minor short circuit in the right rear turn signal where the hot wire went through the bodywork into the lightly cobbled together, not the original factory turn signal. Mm -hmm. It was enough to burn the fuse out ever so slightly. Wow. But it did it in a weird way. It was like right on in the metal inside the the metal cap. cap. Yeah. So you couldn't see where it it So the fuse looked beautiful. And if you put a meter on it, it's still tested. But at anything over a minor load of a meter, it wouldn't carry it. So what did they ha- like half the filament? It half burned out. Through? Okay. Yeah, it kind of half burned out. Gotcha. It crapped out. Yeah. So it was like carboned, you know. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. So of course, <laughs> put it. What do I do? Is I immediately go back and and replace the ten amp fuse with a thirty amp fuse, as you do, because more is better. <laughs> and when I do that, then I was like, oh, everything works again. Great. Eagles flew down. It was perfect. <laughs> well, except for the fact that. The wire in the fuse was thicker than the wire in the turn signal at that point. Right. So now the turn signal, now the turn signal is going to catch on fire. <laughs> wow, that's a really bright turn. Oh shit! Well, we've moved the short. <laughs> we've moved the short from the fuse block to the fender. Nice. Right. Okay. So well, how come? How come when my wife touches the fender, she electrocutes herself? <laughs> Thirty amp fuse. Go figure. <laughs> you know, you don't really normally worry about electrocuting yourself right. on twelve volt stuff and everything, exactly. except like right, I do some. Amps. I do some work where. <laughs> I'm sweating my balls off outside yeah. on a car or something, and I lean over and like my arm touches this. I'm soaked in sweat. Yeah. My belly touches a battery terminal, or something, <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like, and I don't notice at first. And then all of a sudden I'm like, ow, ow, what the fuck is going on? You're Dude, being electrocuted. That's what being electrocuted. I've gone to clubs where you pay for that. I pinched, I pinched a nerve in my back a couple weeks ago, and my wife has this thing called the tens unit. Yeah, well, yeah. I didn't know what the fuck it was, right? So I stick these things on my back, mm. and I'm like. Turn it um, up to um, 10. Um, well, that's what I did. I turn it on and nothing happens. So I'm like, huh. I go, and I'll sit in my body. He's like, and I started pissing myself. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on, man? <laughs> right. And Look then bad. I was shocking myself so bad I couldn't turn the fucking thing off. <laughs> so finally I ripped the wires off right. the things and yeah. it stopped. But I had no idea what that thing does. And apparently it electrocutes the shit out of if you. If you spend a weekend with a TENS unit, you'll figure out where to put the pads. <laughs> yeah, That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you spend a weekend with a TENS unit. Yeah. Just nobody else. Just you and the TENS unit for a weekend. And you will figure out exactly where to put the pads. Very nice. And then... Then you'll shave those areas. <laughs> if they're not already shaved. Exactly. And then you'll be good to go. Nice. Yeah. All right. And, then, and then, then you'll be like, I need to buy another one of these. <laughs> and then you'll be like, nine volt batteries are cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Wait, yeah. if I stick a pad on me and a pad on her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun with build a little units. circuit here. Yeah. yeah but be all like, right. It was a really, but it was funny because we did actual troubleshooting and fixed the thing during the podcast. Yeah. So the customer benefited from that, but it is very much, I mean, for what we do this week, we've worked on every kind of motorcycle there is. We've mm. worked on your all this week. We've worked on Harley's this week. We've worked on Ducati's this week. Like we've worked on, 40 different motorcycles this week and it's very funny sometimes when i come out and see our line at the shop here and i'm like looking at the row and i'm like wow 
we are like the United Colors of Benetton when it comes say, to yeah. motorcycles. Yeah. It's just you should have, that, you should man. be like Love the U- serve all man. You should be like the UN and have all the national like all the flags. That's true. We can do the all the flags across the front for every type of motorcycle we service. Yeah. Have uh, you had any? Remember, like many many months ago, we talked about all the problems with the Harley motors. Yeah. Have you had any of those come in since all, you know people are buying all this? Yeah, shit? Yeah, people are buying a lot of really really bikes that shouldn't be bought. Uh, people are taking a lot of chances, but we've had two that we turned away only because we don't have the time right now to do that kind of work right. because we have a lot of work lined up. So we are putting some people on on hold. You can't but, scatter bikes right now. Right. That's exactly right. We don't have the time to scatter bikes. We don't have the time to put something up on like a three month like parts supplies right now are really, really sketchy. So if you've got a bike that comes in and you end up putting that thing on a lift and it clogs a lift up for three or four weeks, you're fucked. Yeah. So you got to be more aware. It's more like triage. If you think about it like military medical triage, we're looking at shit that we can get in, done, and out. Um, we don't want something that's going to get in and then sit on a lift because we're waiting on parts that are on a four-week back order. Right. So it's a very, very weird time right now. And we've had some weird back orders. Like, um, we've got a... The cooling fan on a Suzuki Boulevard, modernish. Would you believe that's a six hundred dollar cooling fan? What? It's a fan, dude. It doesn't do anything special. It's a fan. It's just go tear apart fan. a computer it's a and drive the fan out of fan. that. Yeah. However, here's the thing: it's got to be a very certain shape because the radiator on a Suzuki Boulevard has to be invisible because it has to look like a Harley. Yeah. So the radiator is not allowed to actually be visible by human eyes. It's right in the front of the frame. It's right between yeah. the two frame rails. Yep. And so the fan that's in there is super narrow, super mm-hmm. small, and it can only be a certain size. And when the guy, the guy hit an animal and the animal that he hit <laughs> came up and whacked the radiator and smooshed the fan. Right. So he didn't know this, but his fan had quit running. So the fan was jammed up. So the oh, fan so was jammed out. up and burned up. So he wondered why his bike was overheating. Well, the fan couldn't kick on because the fan couldn't move. Right. Because, you know, Rodentia had smooshed the fucking radiator into it. And he figured once the animal wasn't there anymore, the problem was solved. Well, so we finally figure out. I'm not a like, very big fan of that situation. No, <laughs> no, no. That situation sucks and blows. So we didn't. <laughs> We looked the fan up for the guy, and I was like, Suzuki wants $600 for this fucking fan. So we told him, and we're like, look, it's probably better for you if you find the fan somewhere else and and go for it. Yeah. No. So we've waited over four weeks for this fucking fan. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I would have been at Micro Center trying every fucking computer thing that they had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at an email. Uh, I ordered some parts for the Yamaha early a.m. Sunday, Monday morning. Yeah. The shift arm that I need, the right. critical piece that I need for it, not yeah. available till October eighth. Oh, wow, that's fucked up. Well, but, but like I was saying, that's everything. Shit. So October eighth, damn. I dropped my glasses, and they yeah. they dropped straight down onto the cement. So I oh, have yeah. all these little right. fucking scratch holes and yeah. stuff. So I ordered two pairs of glasses because I wanted one for like you know something that I could wear under my helmet, and then yeah. something for work. And they're back ordered for five really? weeks. Holy and shit. And I'm like, I'm like, I need to see. Like, yeah. can we do something about this? Like, I need some glasses. And I'm like, yeah, nothing we can do. Right. Sorry. It's crazy. Being being able to see what, would be a uh, good thing. What shift arm, like when you say shift arm, what are you talking about? The shifter? 
Well, I mean, it's uh, on this bike. There's uh, where the shaft comes out of the transmission. Yeah, yeah. There's a little there's nub. an arm, and then there's, there's a, a linkage, linkage that yeah. goes over to the shifter. So it's uh, the actual arm where it comes out. Of the I got edge. rid of all my CS5 stuff, but I'll look around and see if I have anything. That'll be awesome. You know, maybe because I know at one point I've got, I did I've have got a little a couple months to cancel it. <laughs> I had I had a little box of gears and everything because I exploded a motor and if there's anything like that I'll see if maybe I have that. Awesome. Yeah, very nice. Because I had two of those at one point. That's a really cool bike. Uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the CS5. So yours is a, what year is yours? A seventy-two. Seventy-two. Mine was also a seventy-two. Mine was in the original livery. That magenta purple and white. And I uh, I think my buddy Bruce might have a tank, the original tank, if you're interested in that. Right. I, I could talk to him. No, I cleaned I, the tank. It came out pretty good. It was really rusty, but it came out pretty nice. That bike is rated at, I think, 23 horsepower or yeah, something like that. 22 23, right? Yep. Uh, at top speed, uh, according to the manual, is 80 mile an hour. Uh, two uh, twin cylinder, two stroke, five port. It's a... a, a Port, you know, obviously port induction. And uh, that was a pretty cool bike. I rode mine in the Lake Erie Loop the one year, and I did complete a full 650 miles in one day. It burnt a ton of gas. I had my brothers following me with race gas, and we burnt through 15 gallons just for starters, and then we had to stop and pull over. It was not running extremely good by the end of it. I don't know if I had just blown the seals out. I know at one point after that, I took the top end off and I, you know, there are big rubber O-ring seals that go around the crank where the bearings are on either side of it. And I found a, there was a piece of that that was missing. And so like, and it was right where one of the transfer ports are. Of course, being mechel fuck, I just fucking RTV'd the shit out of it and put it back <laughs> together, you know, but, uh, it was a great bike. Uh, you know, like first gear wheelies, not too yeah. much of a problem if you get on it. I mean, it's very light compared to, you know, say a CB 200, right? It's much lighter. And like, I you can almost under just 300 pounds. Yeah. It's a real light bike. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, wick up the throttle a little bit, let off and then crack it and it'll stand right up. Hey, second, you, sometimes second, a little bit and third, if you hit that right hump in the pavement. But I have another concern <laughs> with it too. Um, the, the, um, the transmission oil, mm -hmm. and it's a wet clutch. Mm -hmm. There's no, is empty. Really? So, so I've, that's usually, I've got to oil that up and see if it's, yeah. le if it's leaking okay, or so what's going on. Definitely fill that up because if your transmission is leaking through, um, you know, you're, you're burning your oil up. You know, that's what's happening. So what Phil's talking about yeah. is transmission fluid leaking through into the crank. Into the crank case. Case. So yeah. not out onto the ground, right. but the, so you've you know, got a main seal and the main seal in that bike does separate your transmission oil from your crankcase. And so you will pull, you will create a vacuum there and it will pull oil through on that motor. Um, and you will starve yourself out of transmission fluid. My and TS, it all goes out the tail. My the tail. TOS 250 yeah. It used to turn the transmission fluid into gray pudding. Yep. I mean, you change it. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. And then if you leave it sit for a while, it turned back into oil again. Right. Oh, wow. But you'd yeah. ride it. And I literally, I mean, I pull the, the dipstick out. Yep. And it was just gray yep. pudding yeah. from hydrocarbons. The, and air, the ga up. air yeah. fuel mixture yeah. percolating, you just know. whipping the, the, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. And I haven't had a, a two-stroke motorcycle before. I also noticed there's a lot of oil coming out of the exhaust pipes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're going to have that. You do. And that you, could be your transmission oil, too. At some so, point, you want to probably pull your baffles out and decoke right. them. Maybe yeah. throw them, take them and throw them in a fire and burn yeah. them out and make burn sure all the little holes yeah. are open in them and stuff. The biggest but, thing is if you're with any two stroke bikes, um, whether it's piston port or rotary valve, it doesn't matter. 
But if you're if you're pulling your transmission oil out, if your transmission oil is going away, if you are running low on transmission oil, there's really only one place it's going. If it's not leaving a giant puddle in your garage, that means it's going out the tailpipes. So where it's doing is it's getting pulled into the bottom half. So the if you're in a two-stroke situation, you, let's just call our top end and bottom end are, are the two areas we're going to talk about. And where it will do is if the seal is shot, because they're rubber seals and they get old and they dry out. So if the seal's shot in the bottom end, it'll actually pull oil into the bottom end. And where that'll be is it'll pull it and it'll actually, it will never get a chance to burn it. It'll pull it into the webs and the bottom end of the crank and it'll push it right out the exhaust valve. Through so the it, ports. Through the ports. It will, it'll present on a piece of paper behind your tailpipes as unburnt oil. It'll be oily. You can touch it with your hand and rub it. It's actually oil. It's not smoke. So smoke on the front end usually indicates um, over rich mixture. You get tons of smoke out the tailpipe. There's a lot of reasons that can happen. You got fuel leaking down in the cylinders through the carburetors because the floats are stuck open, whatever. You've got too much oil coming in if you have an injected bike. So yeah, you got to calibrate your right. injector and you right. have to prime your injector. Yep. There's right. a little screw I, I already, you take out, that. you drip Before that out. Before I started, I, I and read there's, the procedure. There's marks and stuff yeah. like that. So. It's in the owner's manual on your bike. Right. And then, so if you're seeing smoke, that's on the top end. If you're seeing oil spray, that's on the bottom end. And well, so, there was no oil spraying out today, but yeah. then there's no there's oil, no oil in the transmission. transmission. <laughs> <laughs> you got to figure it out. You know, eventually, when your bike quits leaking, everything's problem. Everything, but, all the problems I mean, are solved. It's not necessarily uncommon to have a little bit of wet oil coming yeah. out the pipe. Right. I mean, I'd rather have that than it be totally bone dry. Exactly. You know, right. Right. So. Right. And so that's that game of averages. Do you, where, do you remember when we were behind that Harley when we were on that ride the one day and that one pipe was just white as fuck and the other one was black? And yeah. like, it was like, you don't always it. tell stuff about right. things. Yeah. But you mentioned horsepower. I got into a rabbit hole. I was waiting for something to render at work today, and I had nothing to do, so I was looking at eBay. Or I mean, uh, YouTube. And uh, the dude put a CT or a Trail seventy on a dyno. Oh, what do you think it made? Oh, I'm gonna four point five horsepower. Yeah, five. Two point nine horsepower. Two point nine horsepower at yes. the rear tire. Yeah. Wow. So some guy posted that wow. video to uh, the clone pages for the the right. Grom clones. Yeah. Because they're like, everybody complains about how slow they are. And they're like, well, the real one has 2.9 horsepower. Right, 2.9 horsepower. So the clones probably have two. <laughs> so <laughs> the real one has 2.9. <laughs> oh, 2.9 horsepower. But That's I, just terrifying. But at the same time, the guy was using a car dyno. So Which, well, so you can't spin the roller. Yeah. yeah realistically, I mean. I've done a lot of stuff with dynos. And, you know, you have to be able to spin the roller. Yeah, if you yeah. can't run, if you're running a 400-pound roller... And you've got this CT70 there. You're probably not going to get a good reading. Yeah. Yeah. The guy was funny. He was holding the throttle up. He's shifting with his hand yeah. like this. And, you know. Yeah. I mean, even if he straps that thing down with an inch of its life so the tire's like flat on that yeah. roller. Yeah. He's probably not going to get a good run. Right. Yeah. That's tough. But I can totally see where he's coming from. But the thing that kind of enlightened me, though, it doesn't matter what if it was two or four or whatever. Yeah. So everybody always, you know, there's people that are horsepower hounds. Yeah. Dude, that four horsepower is still the funnest horsepower you're oh, going to have yeah. in the history of fucking fun. I mean, John's riding around a 70cc last weekend here in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and just, I was surprised. I mean, actually surprised that it wasn't being damaged. No. Like, the bike was not just not being damaged. It was totally doing its job. You yeah. should have seen us yeah. at Bruce's house when I still had the four-wheeler. He had he was on the 80. That's the, I mean, I, at one point, I was afraid his butt was going to swallow it. 
And but at the same time, it's cruising around, it's mowing shit down. Right, it's, right. it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Piper's little quad runner is hilarious, yeah. man. Right. <laughs> it is that, funny. That thing will do fifty mile an hour. No, I mean, we were at Mid Ohio and they, he was on a buddy or whatever, yeah. Yeah. and I was leading people around. And we went down the back straight, you know, like yeah. towards the back back the area. Back way, yeah. Oh, I was cooking pretty good. Yeah. I'm like, like I was actually nervous because if you you get that thing into a wiggle, you're not getting out of it. Oh no, no, I mean, no. and I've got a, you know one of the uh, one of the tie rods is a little bit loose. It's like clunk 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 clunk, and I, you know, like no suspension, just. Right. But it's incredibly just let it float along, let it do its thing. Yeah, it goes yeah, it's, way too fast for way too fast for its own good. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That's fun. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Anybody else got anything else? Yeah. No. That's pretty no. fair. I think it's fair. All right, guys. Well, welcome to another Cleveland podcast. <laughs> yeah. Out, outdoor yeah. podcast. It was, you know, I will say this. Friday night, a lot more activity than Thursday night. Yeah, we didn't Way get more. pretty mellow. We didn't get any LED parades. No. no it's been nothing. pretty chill. It's pretty chill. Yeah. It's been a very, very chill night. A lot of walking. Thursday's a walking well, day know, around here. This is a walking neighborhood. Yeah. So that is the strange thing about this part of town yeah. that a lot of folks do. A lot of folks here will walk. And it's funny. I mean, when we first moved in here five years ago, I was like, we have a lot of, and but it's just random people. That's yeah. just how they're getting walking around. Walking down to Walgreens. So this neighborhood's yeah. like more Lakewood than Lakewood. It is. It's very Lakewood. It's a very well, you Lakewood got this strip. What's all, this whole strip is So yeah, this stuff. whole strip is stuff. I mean, there's all, there's everything down there. And then there's Walgreens and Marks and like all the convenience places and drugstores and shit like that. Yeah. And bars. And, and, and bars. And people live. So just to the, just to our east is hundreds of streets that have nothing but single family homes on them. So, and then even yeah. further down there is the most entertaining area in Cleveland, or at least one of them. It gets fun way down the road. I'm going to tell you that when you get to about where our first shop was at 126 at West yeah. or West 122nd Lorraine, and where James lives, which is like 135th in Lorraine, yeah, like that whole area between there, that's sort of you know, I worked at a couple of different companies that worked down there. I've spent a lot of time in that neighborhood, and me Pueblo was. Our, our taco shop and yeah. it was like the greatest taco shop yeah, a good taco ever shop, it was right? the best and being down there it is an arabic neighborhood a latino neighborhood a white neighborhood and just west park mm -hmm. and there was never a dull moment no never i mean just never and like across the street we had a, a theater where they still did wrestling matches like wrestling yeah like proper fucking like low budget WWE shit would be in there three, four nights a week. And then two <laughs> nights a week would be like a hip hop DJ. Yeah, right. And you just see like people come out of there just like bloodied and all fucked up. And you're like, what happened? You're like, no, though, that's the prop blood from the wrestlers. Yeah, right, right. You're like, oh, okay, all right, that makes sense. Yeah. I had back in the day, like this is like 1988 or nine or something. Like that. I went to a skinny puppy show. Yeah. Yeah. And I was in the front row, and the dude was throwing blood on yeah. everything. It's going crazy. And I yeah. got pulled over on the way home. Oh, shit. And the cop's like, so uh, you're all covered in blood. And we're yeah. like, long story. Let me tell you. And, you know, isn't that, that was an interesting It was a great night. show. Yeah, a great show. <laughs> we go to the Addicts shows, punk rock band, the Addicts. We go every time they come through town. And that is like confetti and glitter bombs and shit like that. There you go. Have you seen the price Sucker of the Punch choppers? Sally. That's like that's like definitely Sucker Punch Sally, Jesse James kind of thing. Right now on Facebook Marketplace. They call this Pro Street. Yeah. There are at least four yeah. 
Custom SNS one thirteen yeah. motor shaft five thousand yeah. bucks. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there's nothing. There, yeah. there. That that has dropped. Nothing's dropped like that. No. Nothing has dropped like that. No. No. There's no segment of the motorcycle industry that is taken in the ass harder than that stuff. It's it's terrible. I can't imagine though. Can you imagine spending like thirty five thousand dollars on something and then you can't get five grand no. for it? It's and it's not even beat up. It's not no. even like broken. It's perfect. Yeah. It's the way it looked when you opened the crate or right. whatever. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it did the day you got it home. Yeah. When Paul Sr. dropped it off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, they don't hold their value. Nobody wants them. Nobody so will touch that how shit. How many, how many, so it took how many, how many years for people to figure out that they are terrible fucking bikes? No, oh, I don't know, dude. But I mean, we're 2020 right now and that shit was blowing up in 20, like 2004. Yeah. So, yeah, so not, 15 years, maybe yeah, 10 yeah, yeah. for that shit to come full circle. We're still convinced that the Dyna is the official bike of prison. Like, there's, <laughs> we've had three of them come into the shop this week, and all three of them that came in the shop, they have all been they have all been dipped in Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> so they all have like the little tiny T-bar handlebars yeah. and the and the bullet fairing, yeah. which does look, looks ridiculous. It does because you got these rabbit ear handlebars sticking up about seven inches above. Oh, a, they have yeah the big an MGO fairing. You're yeah. like, what is that doing? Yeah. And, you know, all the various different stickers, you know, on the bike. It's got a very intricate collection of stickers yeah. on the machine. But you look at the Dyna and you're like, those front forks weigh a thousand pounds. And you've got a giant 21-inch wheel out there. And it's like, oh, this thing. And I take it out for a test ride. I'm like, oh, this bike sucks. Uh, it sucks to ride. It's no fun at all. I finally was next to, on the highway, yeah. one, of those, one of the baggers with the 36-inch front yeah, wheel. A donk. Yeah, yeah, donk, bagger, whatever. Yeah. And when you're on 271 coming from Menor going toward Cleveland Heights, yeah. there's the area where like two comes into yeah, it or whatever. It's a spur. And, yeah. and there's a bump. Oh, yeah. And this dude hit the bump. Yeah. And there's no suspension on no, those bikes, no, no, man. No, no, this dude's no. front wheel, he was like. Whoa, yeah, whoa, it was a rodeo show. Oh, it was amazing. Because he's got a tire that thick. Yeah. And I mean, no. 36 inch wheel. And the thing is, is the fender was this far, like. Like the top of the no, fender, everything's an interference fit. Yeah, it's like yeah. one inch to right. hits the, the. It's designed to be like a Hot Wheels car. Like it looks great, but it's totally impractical for yeah. ap actual riding applications. Terrible. I rode three Dynas this week, and all three Dynas I rode this week were just like, oh my god, man! Like, and I do ride a lot of Harley Davidsons. I mm -hmm. I probably rode seven Harleys this week alone, just test riding shit that we worked on. Right. The Dynas, in particular, these bikes are all just like. Oh man, like it is a tribute to like jail. It is truly <laughs> like it is just this thing. Like, if you want to send the message that you're going to jail, you've been to jail, or you're curious, jail curious, you <laughs> probably have a Dyna. And in all cases, these were all twin cam 88s. They were all probably bought for $3,500 or change, you know, in that range. And they've had one trip to Lowbrow Customs parts catalog. <laughs> So they're personalized, yeah. you know, so they're no longer just a factory dyno. I think some yeah. people buy parts from there just to get the sticker to put oh, yeah. on their bike. That's true, too. Yeah. You know, you get a free sticker. You bought yeah. $3,000 worth of shit showed up in boxes. Free sticker. But people love low that. Lowbrow guys are fantastic. They do a really good job. I put a, I put a, a not me, I'm saying yeah. the guy, you know, he puts a custom, like, shorty fender on the yeah, front. Yeah. It's a custom bike. Oh, that, yeah. That's all it took. Well, I mean, you know, fender. That's a Look sticker. at Jesse James with this one-ton hoe. J Jesse James made more money on one ton hoe fenders yeah. and like the ditch digger or like various different fenders. Yeah. He probably made more money on those fenders, which he licensed out 
to everybody's shop to build. Yep. So many, many, many sheet metal shops were stamping out one ton hoe fenders that, you know, Jesse's putting his name on. You so. know, they, he popped into my feed today when I was, I was once again rendering. So I was fucking looking at all this shit and, uh, it's him and his Austin speed shop and okay. he made a fender from scratch like okay. just with a piece of sheet metal. Right. I mean, as much as he's kind of a douche metal right, in yeah. some ways, his talent is fucking ridiculous with metal forming. Good man. for him. Yeah. yeah it's really, I mean, it was cool to see. Like, that, was, the whole idea is that he got the show because he was doing something cool. Yeah. And then it just got ridiculous. And yeah. he started like building, you know, uh, you know, a Chevy blazer into a garbage truck. Anytime you know? Hollywood gets involved, it's gonna and that's true. Thing. It's like, you know, it's that whole thing is like, can you do this? And then somebody somebody goes, should you do it? And they go, no, no, shut up. Can you do this? Yeah. You're like, well, fuck, man. You know, oh, people will watch that shit. Yeah, yeah. It turns out a lot of people watch that shit. Yeah. But a lot of people that had like a, a seven-year-old IQ. You yeah. know, a lot of people that were like, I'm going to buy all the figures of all the cars and all the toy cars of all the different Jesse James vehicles. It's merchandising. So, you know. That's what it is. That's what it is. The plot doesn't have to be good if it can start sell you know, Star Wars I think, Star I mean, at least where I watched a lot of that stuff, you know, Orange County Chapter and everything, yeah. just because I wanted to watch something about motorcycles. It was a motorcycle show. Yeah. Oh, dude. Like, I, I, it wasn't like necessarily that I really liked the motorcycles right. themselves. It was just like, uh. When I, when I traveled for work a lot, you know, like, like last year and stuff like that, you know, we'd work from 5 in the morning until about 5 p.m. And then we'd have the, okay, here's your hotel room. Go fuck off. Right. And that was my favorite thing is like, I don't have cable at home. So I'd <laughs> pop on all the motor, like hot rod shows and all that and <laughs> counting cars. And yeah. I just sit there fucking with beer and watch these shows in the fucking hotel room. It was great. Yeah. I my cycle world TV now, yep. except it's always, it's just reruns. Like, it's I, reruns of everything. I thought it was going to be so cool. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, it's just, yeah. no, you, you, it's you, all you, in a loop. It's just, yeah, they have basically TV. 11 yeah. shows and they just run them constantly. Well, that's what he, he sent that in the text one day and I was like, Oh, I wonder if I have it. And I did. Like, yeah, you know, it's yeah, like, has it. yeah. And then it was like, they're all five minute shows right. from 1917. Dino runs and stuff on some stuff, which is kind of yeah. cool, but it's, yeah. But if you watch it at the same time every day, you're right. going to see the same thing. It's <laughs> the same like, thing every day on loop. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's all I got, man. I think that's it too. We'll see you guys next week. Ride fast and take chances. They got press the red button. It's red button. There's no harmony today. Where's the harmony? Oh yeah.